if one cannot live their life the way they want, they might as well die. Guts. It's Berserk Night. Stay tuned. Warning. The following program may contain adult language, adult content, and discussion on controversial topics from people who might have opinions that differ from yours. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Nicotine and Nihilism. This is episode nine, and I am your host, Theodore. And I'm DJ. No. (laughs) Nine? Nine? No. Nine. (laughs) Nine. Anyways. All right, guys. Today, um, we are going to be doing our second review episode. Uh, We are going to be reviewing the manga Berserk. Resuming? Resuming. Yeah, kind of resuming. We did talk about it quite a bit on the last podcast. So um, a couple of housekeeping issues to go over before we start the podcast. Um, If... We checked our Skype, and we, again, do not have any voicemails. No. So if you have any questions, any life advice that you need, you want to have your voice on a podcast, Come please do. Me. Yeah, you just want to talk to us, call 320-496-6701. Again, that's 320-496-6701. Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, etc., make sure to like, subscribe, follow us. Um, same thing with Facebook. Also, what really helps in these search engines is to leave a review, which we have three reviews, and I'm going to read them on here. Um, The very first review that we had was November 7th, 2019. It says, best podcast around. These guys are great. Good show. Highly recommended. Thank you to seven stars. Seven? They go seven stars (laughs) on there? No, it was a five-star rating. That was the username. Oh. Um, then on December 5th, 2019, Juan and 91 says, Interesting perspective, five-star review. Interesting show, interesting discussion, and interesting topics. That's Very interesting. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> dot, 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 worth a listen. But explanation point. So, thank oh. you. Oh, they yelled it. And then on Tuesday, Joy Fully Inked says, How fun. Five-star review. What a fun show. These guys talk about everything. Sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's serious. I really enjoy how the host can talk about a variety of subjects and discuss them in an honest manner. It sounds like they are good friends that have a good time producing the show together. And it's good. (laughs) I'm sorry. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for the reviews. And uh, anyone else listening who listens to us on a podcast feed please consider leaving us a review again it really helps in search engines so and if you like our little twisted sense of mindsets on how we talk if you tell us something we'll give you your own perspective on it absolutely and the number one thing that you could do is to share us with a friend yeah all right dj so let's get this started what did you consume for media this week (laughs) i learned how to research not really never mind i'm not gonna bring it up right now Somebody. <laughs> Somebody's really being a thorn in my side. And I decided to do some research on said person. And I've come up with a lot of new shit I've learned. But, you know, I get really petty at times. <laughs> Anyways, I shouldn't go into too much detail yet. Yet. Next yet. time. Next time on Nicotine and Nihilism. Possibly two episodes away. I don't know. It depends on how much information I can get and like what I can do with this information. Or what if one of our listeners could do with the information I give. I don't care. We'll see. I don't really need to be doing anything bad. 
<laughs> so did he consume any actual media? <laughs> yes, actually I did. I bought the Dragon Ball Z Broly movie, or Dragon Ball Super Broly, and gave you the downloaded version so you can watch it, and you can review it, which I don't know if I ever got an answer if you ever got around to doing that. I did not watch it, but I did get the code. So I have to figure out how to... Like, I understand the code. Like, is there a Funimation app I have to download, or how yeah, does that work? Yeah, there's an app for everything, man. That's true. <laughs> Funimation is, like, the Crunchyroll's, like, competitor. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyways. Do they uh, produce anything, though? Like, Funimation? Yeah. Like, oh, really? They're, oh, yeah. Okay. Excuse me. They're, like, a, I think they're a production company. I'm not sure. Um, But, yeah, they're all over the goddamn place. I can't tell if I'm tired or hyper. Anyways, uh, so... Yay, new things. Um, back to what I was just talking about. So I watched that movie. Uh, I've watched this movie twice, and usually I can remember things, but the first time I ever watched it was, my buddy actually re- might remember, was the first time I met my buddy Goober. He just moved up to North Dakota. I was watching it on a cell phone with him and my one buddy. And, oh, what the hell? Fuck, goddamn, my mind is just kind of going all over the goddamn place. Anyways... Sigmund, Sigmund Ka, he's a buddy of mine up there in North Dakota, but anyways, we were watching it on a cell phone, and I was pretty intoxicated, I also, right before I watched this movie, I got set on fire by my buddy, because I was drunk and trying to go to sleep, and I, I'm laying on the bed, he's like, get up, get up, and he tried setting me on fire, I was like, leave me alone, you fucking dick, and I had a, what you call it, kind of blanket, nylon blanket on, me, I'm like, on the couch, like, fucking leave me alone, I'm trying to sleep, trying to pass out, and I... We're just wearing some pretty thick Carhartt pants, so I can kind of feel the heat that he lit me on fire, and I was just, like, ignoring it, because I was just like, whoa, I don't care, but I could feel the heat kind of coming on me, and I was like, god damn it, please, five more minutes, and then finally I took my hand, I slapped the blanket, and then I realized it's nylon, and if you don't know what happens with nylon, it burns, it's basically plastic, so it coated my hand in melted plastic. And then I finally lazily rolled off the couch and I sat there on my knees like, dude, you're a dick. <laughs> just kind of did that like, all hope is gone, look to the couch and the blanket and I looked, looked at him like, you're an asshole, I guess I'll drink more. So anyways, I was pretty intoxicated for that movie, so I don't remember most of it. But funny thing about that story I just told you, he went and barricaded himself in a bedroom and passed out because he knew I'd probably light him back on fire. And it became <laughs> being a joke between us because anytime he wanted to sleep around me, he's like, no, and I wouldn't sleep around him anymore because we just knew something was going to happen. Yeah, it always changes your friendship <laughs> dynamics when you set somebody on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so there always be that, like, like we trust each other. It was just when I was like, I want to go to sleep. And I kind of look over at him like, not here, though. <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere else to go to sleep. <laughs> Hide me. Anyways, yeah, that happened a few times. And one time he was passed out on the couch, just zonked after a couple days of going hard on everything. And I was like, I'm going to light you on fire. And he didn't wake up. I was like, man, he is out. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It has a lot better story than the original one. But I'm going to wait until you watch it to really talk about it. And then, let's see, what else did I do? Uh, I watched Dr. Stone, which I told you to watch or threw at you. That movie, that show is fucking awesome. I completely recommend watching that. It's probably one of my new favorite shows. I ran through the season. But, right, that newest episode just came out today, and I just caught up to that episode, so I didn't have to stop or wait on a week or nothing. And then, right when I hit it, I realized it was the end of the season. And I was like, sad. 
Yeah, that sounded really interesting. I would be interested in um, watching it and reviewing that, the first season of it. Well, I'll just give you the premise of it. Basically, they, uh, something happens, you never find out, or we don't find out, is the whole world is like flash froze into statues. But they're conscious, conscience under it, like they're still there, they're still alive, somehow. And the main character, he's a mad scientist, genius. Anyways... Uh, his dream is to go to space one day. So, anyways, he counts the seconds for 3,700 years until he gets let out. And that's basically how he knows what day it is when he gets out. Because he counted the seconds. Anyways, he, they, and then he, like, he finds out how he got revived out of it and revives a couple other people with a concoction of whatever. But everything that he's doing in it is basically he's trying to bring science back to it because it's 3,700 years you know, years in the future, everything is gone, and nobody's really lived since then, except for, there. you'll find out later, there's some people that live out in the world, and the story's kind of slow at first, because you just got him, his friend, and this girl, and another dude that they revive, and the, the last guy they revive, or the second dude, I should say, he's, he likes the prehistoric world where it's pure, so he wants to basically destroy adults, and don't bring them back so that he could, you know, live in a utopia of just nature and, you know what I mean? Because technology brings wars, wars, you know. Basically, he doesn't want civilization. He wants a utopia for people to live back. Kind of like a hippie. Right. Anyways, and he's at ends with the scientist because he wants to, you know, bring everybody back and get science back. So that's kind of like their dynamic. But the one guy, he's like a badass survivor man, can beat the shit out of you. You know what I mean? Like, he'll he'll win in a fight, but it's basically the science versus LeBron kind of thing. Hmm. But anyways, it goes on, and he, like, and the scientist starts inventing, like, going through, you know, he makes alcohol to make this, and then he makes gunpowder and makes a bomb. So he's doing exactly what the other guy doesn't want? Yeah. And he's like, will you stop doing this? He didn't stop. And anyways, well... He tells you how to make gunpowder in this show. <laughs> like, yeah, and, like, everything he builds, he tells you, like, uh, basically because he has the knowledge of things, like electronics and cars and phones and blah, blah, and he already knows how to make them, and he knows, like, the elements to make those elements kind of thing. So he knows how to make iron into steel, into, you know what I mean? So he makes, like, things like light bulbs, electricity, and he's just jumping thousands of years of technology in a month because he already knows how to do it. He's just getting the materials from scratch and building it. So it basically tells you how to do all this shit. So you're learning science as you're watching this show. Hmm. I don't know how exact the science is. I haven't looked it up, but it seems legit. <laughs> yeah. Like he's tungsten and like it tells you like what elements they are, how to get the elements to do what you want it to. Like tungsten is one of the highest melting point elements. They melt that. So like, and it's pretty cool. And then like the dynamics between the characters because he finds like a, a prehistoric village basically. And then he's like teaching them about electronics. Like one, th one guy, he dips his spear in gold and gives it to him. And he's like, just meh. I don't care. Rules are rules. But he's just so happy to have this spear because he wants a golden spear and he just feels so badass. But he's really straight-laced and doesn't want to show that he's ex excited about it. And then this other one's like, I want a silver one. And then when he gets a silver spear, it's actually coated in mercury. And they use that to find, like, sulfuric acid or hydrochloric. Huh. 
Yeah. Entertaining and educational. Yeah, it's really... And then the character... I like all the characters. Like, after he gets out of the first part of it, where he gets... I, when he gets to the village, I think it gets really entertaining. Because there's, like, he's with his friends, and then he gets away from them, and he's trying to build a kingdom. Only well, he gets to the village, and then it gets really entertaining, because that's when you start feeling, like, getting the whole menagerie. And then he gets these villagers on his side, because he's sitting here, and he's like, he made ramen. And oh, yeah, I would definitely be on that guy's team. Yeah, he makes ramen, he makes cotton candy at some point. And they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And, like, there's another guy that ends up being with him that's from the modern era. He makes him a Coke. Because, <laughs> like, it's, you know, that far, he just wants something, like, simple from now. He's like, I just really want a cola. And he ends up making him one. And he's, you know. So it's set in, the, like, our world, though. Yeah. It's basically, like, 3,700 years in the future, but it's, like, caveman. Because everything, all the technologies disappeared. On Earth. Yeah, because 3,700 years, what do you think is still standing if no one humans right. are around? Which there would be some things still around, which there is a couple things, but, like, not really. Yeah, kind of like those nature documentaries with what would happen in New York in a year if people disappeared. Yeah, but there is one thing that bugs me about this show, and I guess it really doesn't break it, but they go back to caveman times, kind of, and... He's, like, a nerdy scientist-type kid, right? Okay. You put him in, like... Because he's the first one awake, and he's awake by himself for six months. Okay, in that time, he has lived by himself, he's chopped down trees, he's done all this shit, and all these people that are in this show have chopped down... Like, they're living off the land. Like, they are chopping down trees, they're, you know, manual powering electricity to make, you know what I mean, like a motor, like they're manually powering this thing by hand. All this shit, it's all physical labor. They're still weak. Like, I don't find myself as, like, a very weak person, but I don't think I could sit there and do one of, you know, some of these jobs they're doing. And, like, the main guy, he's a scientist, but he's still doing these, you know, you know what I mean, live off the land things. Well, that right there, that would make them stronger just by proxy. Like, you just get stronger. Right. By doing these things. Like, any, you know... Anyway, so when this other kid gets revived and he's just a badass athlete boxer, he shouldn't be that much weaker than him anymore. Like, they really shouldn't be that far apart, even though, yeah, he's a scientist, he's baking things, but he's still hauling wood, chopping trees, doing shit like that. And if you chop trees or chop logs every day for a month, you're going to get some muscle out of it. You know what I mean? You're going to get strength, you're going to get muscle, just doing anything like that. And that's one thing that was kind of, I guess, pulling me out of it, the immersion, is they because they still treat the, the science-y kids like they're little weak kids in high school. When they're out doing manual labor all day. Yeah, and they're all <laughs> doing manual labor, like farming, blah, 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 blah. And the other thing that kind of pulled me out of it is the other guy, the bad guy, who's only bringing in kids, he sends, like, a group to go, like, do some shit. The... the Goons that are with him, they look like they're probably 30. Like they're 30 muscle-built just goons. And it's like, did he find these guys or did he revive them? Because he learns how to revive people. And he was only going to revive kids. And the people he revives, looks, they're like bald and have crazy different kind of hair. They're not kids. They're adults. But he said he wasn't going to revive adults. So that was another thing that kind of broke my immersion in it. <laughs> these are just, I mean, they don't really take away from the story, but it's just kind of... They're like the no-face goons that they just beat up kind right. of thing, you know? 
But these guys, like, the... Because he finds, like, a, a a caveman. Like, he calls himself a sorcerer because he finds, like, whatever things and uses them. Well, he's like, oh, yeah, I know what you're doing. This is this. And then he tells him what he is using science because he knows what it is. So then that guy becomes a scientist with him. But that guy still... They make, a, a like, a bunch of log gears. So they're chopping down trees, forming them into gears, and then all that labor to do that by hand is a bitch. Like, I mean, even me, if I was sitting here and had to, like, build notches in wood all day, that gets tiring after a while. I'm not used to doing it. If I had to do that all day making shit, my arms would get pretty fucking, you know what I mean? If you do anything like chrome, you know, uh, what it call, like prehistoric, they call it, like, you know, doing shit without power tools, you, you know, you build some muscle. That's what I always think is funny about, like, pictures of Jesus. It's usually, like, this skinny white guy. Like, back in the day, if he was in the Middle East and he was a carpenter, he would have been dark-skinned and ripped. But. Yeah, he'd be... Well, he'd still be skinny, but, I mean... But I'd just be... They'd be more like a, like a jogger. Nobody would really be built like a fucking... You know what I mean? But they'd be... You'd have slim muscle. Like, I'm sure there'd be people that'd be big, but, I mean, they wouldn't be... It'd all be, like... Lean work. muscle. Yeah, it'd be, like, like horse. Fo- like, what you see, like, ranchers and farmers. Like, you don't see, like, holy shit huge very often. You usually see them slim, kind of just... But they're usually really... Fucking strong. Yeah. But, I don't know. That's just, like, like probably my own only uh, down to it so far. Is yeah, that, I think it's a good candidate for a future review episode. Yeah, I think you'd watch it or you'd like it because, like I said, it's not heavy on fighting. Like, there is fighting in it because of the other guy, but I guess the other guy... I don't know. I don't mind fighting. I like DBZ. And well, yeah, but, I mean, stuff. it's more... Uh, Story-driven. Yeah. And then again, like, the first thing that guy does when he wakes up is he beats the fuck out of a lion and kills it by hand. Yeah, that'd kind of take you out of it. Just for a second. So, like, he's the most... Because another thing, like, a lot of these animes, they do it, is they, uh... Like, the, the main guy, you could tell if someone's like, he's going to be a mad scientist. He's the most mad scientist high schooler. Well, then you got, like, this guy. He's the most primate, primitive man high schooler. Like, where do they get these titles from? Like, this happens in other animes, too, where they have a title like that. Like, the most sketchy kid high schooler. You know, like, shit like this. It's just weird. Yeah, where people just label them. Yeah, they're labeled like that. Like, the most genius, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. People do that in high school, though. You have the thing in the yearbook, like, who's most likely to succeed and who's the biggest fuck up. And I don't know. I didn't make it that far? I don't know. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't graduate, buddy. That's like a graduation thing. Yeah. Our thing was class of 08, half of us won't graduate. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> and it came true. <laughs> I think less than half graduated with the class, with 08. Like, that's what it was. It was like, that will graduate in 08. Like, a lot of them dropped down to 09. Right. But I completely dropped out. Someone's alternative. Like, they weren't, you know, they never graduated with the class. I technically graduated before my class. You know what our saying was? Huh. Stick a fork in us, we're done. That's what we used for our graduation thing. Like, that's retarded. Yeah, everything about your guys' class sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it Ring of Fire for our one year? Yeah, parade. <laughs> yeah, we were a close-knit group, too, because I know a bunch of the people from my class live in the area, and our 10-year class reunion was last year, and they couldn't get enough people to show up, so we just didn't have it. <laughs> Yours is last year? Yeah. Or maybe it was two years ago. That been two years ago, because mine would have been last year. I never heard yeah. anything about it, but I don't think Dropout's getting invited. No, that's not true. 
I don't know. Who? I don't know how those work. How those? Like, I have no idea how they work either. But I know that no one cared, so we didn't have it. Yeah, I don't and I know like, a lot of people from my grade who live in the vicinity, like within a hundred miles. I don't think I've ever really heard of anybody coming back for a class reunion. I don't think I've ever really heard of class reunions here. I know, you know, older like people, older. like boomers, or I always hear about them going to their class reunions. Yeah, but those are like the like thirtieth, fiftieth, eightieth. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. ones, but not like ten. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. So, but like. Usually, like, when you're younger, like, when you ever thought ahead to that, like, that 10-year, that's when you get to show back up and have your redemption to high school and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Me, I was ready for that thing. I'm like, because at the time, I was making really good money and all that. I was just going to show up like, I'm a dropout. Fuck y'all. Because, like, I don't, like, one thing that always pissed, like, I guess it really didn't piss me off, but it was more like, dude, shut the fuck up, was... I, like, okay, a couple years back when I lived in North Dakota, I made, like, 60-something thousand a year to 70. And it's like, I was a dropout, but I'd run into people that graduated high school, and they work at Pizza Hut delivering pizza here. And they'd always, huh, huh, you're a dropout. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay, like, what, what's your fucking point? <laughs> like, I'm... I'm like, I even went to college. So. That's when you hand him a $50 tip. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I do do that shit. <laughs> like, I, well, I still do. I mean, I make 15 here, so I'm not doing bad. And I mean, I don't really have any bills. Yeah, for 15 for this area is really good. Yeah, like, I don't have bills, so I just throwing money around. Is that you? Yeah. Oh, shit, you get text. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I just kind of look at, like, I'll run into people all the time that, they graduated high school and didn't do anything. And, like, whatever. Do your own. Do you... Like, after I made all that money and I lost that job and I thought about it, I'm like, dude, I, I didn't have a social life. I worked too much. I want to have fun. Like, I want to... You know, I want to make enough money. Like, I've always wanted just to make enough money and not have to worry. Not to... I don't want a huge, fancy fucking house. I don't want the best fucking car. I'd rather, you know, have fun. Enjoy life. Not, you know, maybe up there it was doing drugs and drinking for a while there, but I'd rather experience life, have friends, and, you know, do shit. I have a very young mentality. I don't have kids. I don't have to grow up. Yeah, that's kind of how I am, too. I don't want to have a huge house or a nice car or anything. One thing I really do want, though, is to go on a vacation. Farthest away I've ever been is, like, Wisconsin, and that's when I was 10. Yeah. So. See, like, with me, I can <laughs> literally pick up and, well, not right now, but. Yeah. Honestly. But, uh, I mean, like, I had a friend today. She talks to me. And she's, like, she's in her younger 20, like, 22. And she's, like, yeah, I had to get a job I don't like. And what the hell was it? My check won't ca- – I can't cash my check till Monday and this and this. And, like, tell me all this shit because I, you know, I called her my twin. She lived in North Dakota. And then all of a sudden they went down to New Mexico. And I'm, like, dude, you guys are going to struggle harder down there because you're not around a bunch of people. Anyways – she told me that she had a you know, shitty job, she didn't like blah, 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 and she's miserable. I'm like, well, yeah, you're away from your friends. Number two, adulting just kicks you right in the face. <laughs> I'm like, welcome to being an adult. I'm like, why do you think I act the way I do? Like, I just get enough money to survive and I go do shit because I don't like the whole idea, you know, I'll work a shitty job. I just, you know what I mean? Yeah. But adulting, I'm like, adulting just kicks you right in the face. Like, and like that's why I always came up with this thing. I work really hard to act like a kid. <laughs> yeah, work hard, play hard. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just a mentality I have because, like I said, if, when you don't have kids, you can kind of 
Yeah, it changes the game, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I don't understand what responsibility is, and I can be mature, and that's why, like that review right there, where it's like, we could talk serious, or we're having a lot of fun. Well, yeah, that's how I live my life. It just, it's horrible. Uh, sorry, got on a tangent there. No, that's good. <laughs> Did but, uh, you do any other media? Yeah, I watched It Chapter 2 last night. Oh. Yeah, well, when I first moved back, my mom told me she wanted me to take my niece to watch It. <laughs> And my niece is eight. Well, I have two nieces here, eight and nine, I want to say the other. Sad, I don't know their ages. Anyways, but uh, well, I'm like, okay, whatever, I get over there, and we were up and rapid with uh, our for- my mom's foreign exchange student that they have over there, mom and Brian, and we took him up there, like, oh, yeah, come on, let's go, let's take him. He's like a 16-year-old German kid. So, you know, we took him up there, we took him, took him to Buffalo Wild Wings. And he got a little too hot at wings, and he made himself sick. <laughs> anyway, so it was a quick trip. Well, anyways, my sister needed to do one more thing, so I was like, yeah, I'll watch the girls while you go drive back up to go. <clears throat> so we wanted to get him back because he felt sick. Anyway, so I was like, you guys want to watch it? They're like, let's watch it! Let's watch it! I'm like, okay, whatever. I Six dollars to rent it, so I bought it. And then my niece, the younger one, she's like, I don't want to watch this, and goes in the room. The older one, she's like, y'all watch it. So the whole time, it really... I was watching her reaction more than anything. Like, I was, like, waiting for her to get really scared. But all in all, it wasn't a bad movie. But I don't know. Like, it wasn't I, a good movie either. It wasn't as – I think the first one was scarier, if I remember right. Because this one had a lot – I don't know. I think I, I ruined it by looking up reviews about it beforehand so I knew things that were going to happen. But then again, the the beginning scene of this movie, I don't know, are you ever going to watch it? No. Okay. The beginning scene, it's two gay guys are at the fair in Dreary. And Dreary, Maine is the same as it was in the old it. It's basically like here. <laughs> okay. Basically, it's back, you know, it's 100 years behind. They kick the living fuck out of one of these gay guys and throw him in a river. And, I mean, like, severely beat the shit. And, like, he was... They're walking down a back street. And these guys that they, like, kind of like, ha hey, fuck you, at the fair, too. Who are like, hey, fuck you, faggots, basically. And then blah, blah, they, like, left. Well, one of them's from Derry. They leave, and his boyfriend from New York or whatever, he's like, blah, blah, fuck you, kind of whatever. But they're in the back street. They're outnumbered, and he starts cocking off to them. And it's like, do you... You think... When you're in a situation like that, you kind of read that you're not safe. They they really upscaled, you know what I mean, like how you'd react in that situation. And then they beat the living fuck out of this guy, kick the shit out of him. He has his son kick him in the face a few times, throw him over into a river. The boyfriend runs down finally, tries to get him out, and then you see it grab him and fucking eat him. And that's, you know, whatever. And I was like, why... Did you need to do this with the gay people? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they could have done the kid thing again. Like, it's always more of a, a, what do you want to call it? A presumed thing that he eats kids only. But this whole gay thing, it was just kind yeah, of... Yeah, that was my understanding. Yeah, the like, I don't know why they threw it in there. Are they trying to show that Derry's hateful? Or are they trying to send a message? Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't see, like, why they had to put exactly that in there. Like, they could have just used the kid like they did in the first one. Or done another kid. You know what I mean? But I think it's playing towards uh, one of the other guys. Later on, he is gay. And it's kind of, like, hidden, blah, blah. And then it's like, I know your secret. You know, blah, blah. 
But it's like it's. I don't know. There I wasn't really a reason for it. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see a reason for it. I mean, I you could have just le- like took that scene out and left the rest, and that coming into it, you know, does does it have a thing about that? Is does is, you know, is it a homophobe? <laughs> is that what it's trying to say? Does it care? It it does it, 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 it care? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I just don't get it. I, I hate I hate movies when they have to throw that in there for no reason. Like, if they would have just left the movie the rest of the way the same and kept this character, because he never flat out says it until like way later. You kind of really realize it. Like, it kind of slowly feeds it to you. But like, because he like carves his letter, his name, and the other boy's name. Well, okay, why? You know what I mean? They could just let that feed off because it. Could have been a bigger surprise later if they wouldn't have thrown that in there. I mean, honestly, it served no purpose. Hmm. Unless it's trying to say that it is a homophobe. Or that Derry is really hateful, which he already knew. But that wasn't really part of the story going forward, no. so. Yeah, no, it, the only thing it like, came into is just that one of the characters was gay. But he hid it from everybody, and nobody else knew, and nobody else ever knew. They never find out. The only one that knows is him and it. And the one he's in love with dies. So, because he carves his letter with that kid's letter on a bridge. Yeah, it would have been better if, like, they, you know, the guy who got the shit kicked out of him came back and was, like, a main character or something. Yeah, or the other character was, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just fucking, I, I don't get it. Like I said, it would have been better if they would have just had the it attack, you know what I mean? Because, hmm. I, I mean, they're, they're already hateful because you already had the black guy in there and them fucking being hateful towards him. So you already know this place is like that. They wouldn't, you know what I mean? And the guy who came back with his gay boyfriend should know that that town's like that. And they're very overly affectionate out and about. Yeah, and that makes sense. That's just my f- biggest thing. It was just like the beginning just really didn't... Yeah, Matter. maybe it is a homophobe. I don't know. I think, you know, like, everything's a good meal. But like I said, <laughs> I always thought I just like kids. <laughs> but, uh, and then there's... I don't know, it's kind of, it's all right, but, like, there's a lot of, like, they're trying to find their paths, and you start to, they really amp things up that they don't need to. They don't, they kind of settled a little bit more of the characters, and it is kind of, hmm, I don't know, they use a lot more CGI, I think, in it, I don't know, there's, you'd have to watch it to kind of, like, understand uh, like they really the, the one guy that gets him to come back Mike he's fucking crazy and everybody can tell he's fucking crazy but they think it's crazy when he does something crazy <laughs> like how did you do that cause like part of it is they have to sacrifice themselves to kill it but the one guy got a vision of the whole sacrifice he drugs him with like ayahuasca or some shit and gives him a fucking like, he's like, oh, you want some water? Gives him water and t- sends him into a fucking thing on this Indian artifact that basically gives him a whole vision of what happened, what it is. It's from space and blah, 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 and whatever. And they have to do this hold hands ritual and then... But he doesn't remember seeing the part where everybody's fucking head gets cut off. Must have an important detail. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the guy, he scratched it off the thing, the carving... And then they're like, what? And because they're trying to do it to it, and it's like, what? You didn't tell him about the last part? And they're like, what do you mean? What the fuck's the last part? He's like, uh, the, the, the. 
And it's like where I fucking kill you all during this. <laughs> and then they like there's a couple cool f- scenes because the one, one of the characters is a stand-up comedian. Like he goes on to be a stand-up comedian, so he has some good lines. And there's my favorite part in that whole scene. That whole part probably is when he's all talking shit to. You. He's like, "Fuck you, you stupid mother!" and gets fucking paralyzed by the fucking deadlights. <laughs> it's like, "Fuck you, blah blah." He's talk shit, boom. And then well, there is some funny parts in this movie, and I think it's cool because there's like when they're all fucking run away from him when it fi- when it, the thing fails. The two characters are running down a hallway, and there's three doors, and it says, "Not scary at all, scary." really fucking scary and like fuck that we're not gonna go down that hallway that's definitely the scary one they open the other door and all of a sudden they're like sitting here into a closet and all of a sudden like two legs come walking out with no torso or anything <laughs> like ah fuck that and then they open the third door that's not scary it's a little puppy and it's like eh. it's like fuck you puppy I ain't dealing with you again fuck that I ain't falling for it <laughs> and they're sitting there staring at it and it's like rah, rah. it's just like a cute little like Pomeranian and look back and like the tentacle thing from it's trying to like bite him and he's like ah fuck and then they're like they're about to walk in it and jumps into like a six foot half skeletal fucking werewolf thing <laughs> fuck you <laughs> shuts the door <laughs> and then uh it's funny because the girl in it she's kind of being she's like they they don't remember anything from Derry until that guy called them and then they came back and then all of a sudden their memories started to come back of it and then like one of the characters kills himself so he doesn't show up but anyways uh, the one girl, she, like, makes out with, like, the main guy of the group. Like, what do you call, like, the hero, Billy? And then she ends up getting with the other guy. And my niece is like, why is she going around kissing all the boys? <laughs> like, she's jumping around like she's a slut. <laughs> 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 she ends up being with the one guy. But, yeah, it's just crazy that they all go on, like, these great careers and shit. And, like, one's a writer, blah, blah. Uh, what's his name? Is it, uh... God damn, what the hell's... What's the writer's name? Stephen King. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he loves to do that shit. He always has cameos. Does he? Yeah. In Dark Tower, he makes himself a character. That's weird. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's just a pawn shop owner in this one. (laughs) Because the guy sees his bike in the the window, and he goes in there and buys it for 300 fucking dollars, and he gets on it, and this kind of... He gets riding on it, and the handlebars are bopping down. He's all trying to fucking ride it. But he jumps on his bike and starts riding like it's nothing. When's the last time you rode a bike? It's been a while. Okay. If you jumped on a bike right now, do you think you had the stamina to take it for a really good ride? Yeah. No. I took a bike across town once after I hadn't rode one for a long time. Killed me. I'll have to do that. Like, it doesn't really, like, it's not that bad, but, like, you'll notice you had a lot more stamina when you're 10. (laughs) (laughs) When you're doing it every day, yeah, when you haven't done it for, like, I don't know, but they they haven't rode a bike, like, he hasn't had that bike in 27 years. And also, he just, hi ho, silver, away! And fucking, he takes off, and he sees this kid on a skateboard, or that he just, that he's living in his own house, and he's like, you can't! Don't hide, hide! He's just fucking mad crazy with this kid. Instead of being like, kid, you need to get the fuck out of here. There's a fucking monster on the loose. He's just like, get out of here! You tell your fucking parents to fucking move! And I'm like, dude, you're scared the fuck out of this kid. Like, you didn't think about it. Like, if you seen some guy, like, hop off a fucking rusty bike, grab a kid in the street, and just start, ah! Yelling at him. <laughs> You've got to call the cops. <laughs> like, and that kid's like, I'm, I'm going to go now. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. Kid gets eaten in a mirror house. 
the mirror house. Yeah, like the mirrors in a fun house. <laughs> he's like behind a mirror. He's like, what the fuck are you following more? Before, and then it's behind him just slamming his head against the fucking window. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I... What else did I watch? I watch anything else? Not really. Hmm. I don't think so. Your turn. Uh, for, media, for media that I consumed this week, um, I played a little bit more of Final Fantasy 3. That's getting better. Um, the battle dynamics in it are actually pretty fun, so it's more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be, but I still only play it like one and a half hours a week. Um, slowly making my way through that. Um, the audiobook that I was listening to, the college course on human language, turned out to be really, really obnoxious. So I stopped listening to that, and I st- decided that I wanted to listen to a novel, so I started listening to a um, story called Pandora's Star. Um, pretty futuristic. Um, people have went out and colonized like 600 planets. They transport between wormholes. And what's happening in that is there's a couple of stars that are like 1,200 thousand light years away and they just suddenly disappear and through some research they find out that a civilization they've never met ends up building Dyson spears around it and they're trying to figure out so they're going to send this crew out to investigate so I don't know it's pretty interesting I think I'm going to end up uh, going through all that Um, and then besides that uh, when I was uh, traveling for work I was in hotel room so I was watching the NFL network and I watched the replay of the Saints 49ers game and that was awesome that was one of the best football games I think I've ever watched. I heard something that they were calling it the game of the year. There's what? They were calling it the game of the year. Oh, man, it was phenomenal. Like, Drew Brees and Jimmy Garoppolo were on. They had crazy passer ratings. Uh, I think Drew Brees had, like, five touchdowns, no inter- one interception. That wasn't his fault, but he had, like, close to 400 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo had four touchdowns, almost 400 yards, no interceptions. But... Like, they were doing crazy stuff. They were doing double reverse passes to the end zone, and they were totally on. It was a great game to watch. Really? And then I watched more stuff on the college football playoffs that are coming up. Um, LSU, Oklahoma is going to suck. LSU is going to destroy them. But the game that's really going to be good is uh, Ohio State and Clemson. So I'm a big Clemson fan. I'm excited about that. Uh, Clemson's ranked number three, which is weird because they're the – favorite for the upcoming game against the number two team and then uh, a lot of people are projecting if they end up playing LSU which they probably will that they're going to be favored in that game so it's weird to be ranked number three but be the favorites to win mm-hmm. so but yeah um, Clemson Ohio State's going to be a phenomenal football game if you want to watch good f- college football uh, December 28th that's going to be kick ass so I'll take them over football for a while yeah um, also Seahawks Rams game awesome no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, so I wasn't even really watching it. It was like every time I watch, walked out to go watch it, it, like, oh, Seahawks might turn this around and, like, walk away for a bit, come back, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was watching it, and fucking Wilson just wasn't getting going. Yeah, he kind of had an off game, but I don't know. Rams are also on the resurge. Our playoff hopes are about dead. We pretty much got to run the table, so. Yeah, right? I seen that. And then all of a sudden, like, I was, what the hell game was I watching? <laughs> They were talking about the Cowboys. I think it was the Eagles. They're in the same division, right? Yeah. Well, they're like, yeah, Eagles. They're they're fighting the Cowboys. I think they're like six and seven. Yeah. The and Eagles they're like, are... and they're like, yeah, they still got playoff hopes alive in their division. I was like, how terrible is this division? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at our division where it's like we're like what all ten and fucking three. Yeah. If the Rams make their way into uh, the playoffs, um, the NFC West will have three teams in the playoffs. Right. I just was, like, sitting here. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, <laughs> was it going to be two wild cards? 
Yeah, they, we would take up both wild cards. Let's say the 49ers win the division. Seahawks Rams would get the wild cards. But or they, vice versa. Seahawks they'd have to play each other halfway. That's a bet, huh? No. I'm pretty sure the Rams would be the sixth seed, so they would end up playing whoever the three seed is. And then if they win, they would end up playing the Niners. So the way that the Rams and Seahawks would play would be in the NFC Championship if they both made it that far. Wouldn't that be funnier than shit? That would be awesome. <laughs> Knocks out the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Rams would be a dangerous six seed. I don't know. The NFC is pretty pretty stout. But yeah, right? Fucking. It sucks whoever ends up going all the way has to meet the Ravens at the end. Think so? Whew, they're crazy didn't, good. Didn't Ravens beat the fucking Niners too? Yeah, they beat the Niners. They beat the Patriots. Well, the Patriots aren't as good as they... They've been kind of falling off this year. Yeah, they kind of have, but... Man, I watched Lamar Jackson a lot in college. That guy's a freak. Yeah. Uh, fucking... No, I just can't believe that fucking Seattle, like, we, uh, that game, I was just sitting here, it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Get going. Like, just nothing was working. Yeah. But that was frustrating but, to watch. <laughs> well, they, you know, they weren't running. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either, because the first time they played, they ran Chris Carson down our throat, and he's good running back. Well, who the fuck were they playing they were losing? Was it Niners? Who the fuck they were playing? Like, it seems like they're trying to make him a passer. Like, they're trying to get Wilson in the pocket more and not run. But as soon as they start handing the ball, fuck them. Then they start rod- rocking that game because you got to, you know. Yeah, Seahawks are one of those teams that once they establish the run and then that gives Wilson that little bit of extra second, he can do a lot with that extra second. Yeah, and, yeah, that's what it is. And, like, your guys' fucking DNs were fucking right, right through that fucking line. Right. <laughs> they were containing Wilson. Wilson couldn't get going anywhere. That's that was that's basically what did it was your goddamn fuck. It was a line. <laughs> yeah, defensive line's good. They're stout. Yeah, and like Seattle has a run line, so it's like they're not made. You know, they're not trying to. And then as soon as Wilson fucking starts scrambling, they start holding. Right. Those holds and shit. Like every time they started working, it was it's all it, it was all that line. Yeah. Your guys' D line and our fucking O line fucking up. Like I mean, there was a few passes that should have been caught, but I mean, you know, that's any game. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, fuck, dude. I love watching Wilson play when he's fucking getting going. And I was listening to that announcer. He's like, yeah, when they're ahead, they're fucking good. But I'm like, I've seen them come from behind so many times in the fourth quarters. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if I had to choose a quarterback to have, if I was behind, it'd be Russell Wilson. I've yeah. seen him do it a lot. Yeah. it's That's why I never get to, like, whatever during games. <laughs> I'm like, eh, I'll start watching fourth quarter. <laughs> still in it. Yeah, don't worry. I remember, what was it, years ago, fucking – Seattle's playing Green Bay, and I think it was in the NFC Championship or, like, one of those games. And there was – I think there were three scores behind, three touchdowns or some shit, and they got it in 36 seconds. <laughs> they, well, that – They fucking – like, 36 game time seconds. Like, they did something, got a touchdown, squib kicked it, got it back, touchdown, or, you know what I mean? I think it was, like, you know, like, boom, 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 and fucking they got it back and won it. Yeah, well, that rookie receiver the Seahawks have, man, he can score from anywhere. He's fast. DJ Metcalf. Yeah. Man, he'll burn people. He'll just run straight past them. He won't make any moves. He won't try and lose the defender. He'll just outrun them. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, fucking, it's just ridiculous. 
But, you know, that's just how it goes. That's Our division is probably one of my favorite divisions. It has to be. It's fun. I know. Fucking. And the except for the Cardinals. They're like the bastard child. The Cardinals are the bastard child, but they have a good foundation. Their quarterback's good. They've they won a lot more games this year and looked a lot better than they did last year. So oh, yeah? They might be something to look forward to in the upcoming years. I Our division's good. Yeah, it always is. So... I mean, they're always hard, you know what I mean? Yeah, they always good games oh, to watch. Oh, what game was I watching? Was it Eagles? Oh, which Giants and Eagles? Oh, the um Thursday night game? Yeah, when Manning came back. And that quiet, that fucking field was quiet. <laughs> did you did you notice that? Yeah. I was all sitting like, I think this is the quietest I've ever heard a game. Like and it was just tied. Like, it wasn't like they were getting completely... Sh- well, you'd still hear cheers. It was just dead fucking silent. Like, I, I, it was so quiet, I noticed it. Like, I was, like, sitting there, I walked up, so I'm like, this has got to be the quietest fucking game I've ever heard. That's why I don't like... Like, everyone complains about the Patriots always going to the Super Bowl and winning and stuff. And that, that doesn't bother me so much. It's more their fans. They're the most complacent fans in the world. Like, you watch Seahawks play a regular season game. Their fans are going nuts. AFC Championship, Patriots win. Fucking crowd sitting there doing the golf clap. Yeah. Bravo. Well done. <laughs> they are Patriots. Or uh, New England. New England, yeah. Cheerio. 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 More? You want more? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So today we're going to be doing a review of Berserk. So we, oh, um, before we to, do that, uh, go ahead. Uh, I got my little things I wanted to bring up. Unless you want me to do that at the end if we need to film. No, let's do it now. All right. So I, I sent you this thing, and I just wanted to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Did you notice my phone turned on while we were sitting when you were talking? Yeah, that's I was that. like sitting here like, because usually they'll do that if like I have a, like a like a Snapchat's about to come up, it'll do that, or someone's about to call. And, like, it'll brighten up, and that's usually how I know, like, somebody's about to text me on Snapchat or something. And that's why I was, like, sitting here staring at it, like, did you say something to trigger my phone? Like, I mean, <laughs> I have a fucking burn phone. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Anyways, so the title of this thing, and because TD wanted me, wants to kind of do some news-related shit, <laughs> but I want to do news-related shit that's off, besides, like, oh! the Trump impeachment, which is all over my fucking YouTube, and I want to just block it, but fucking goddamn it, it's everywhere. Some of these news articles I hear sometimes, it talks about the dumbest shit, and it, like, segues into other shit, like, talking about a, a, what was it, like, a Christmas choir into this, and then it, like, went into dogs, like, it was just so fucking off, like, I ran, it was like... Something about a kid's Christmas carol to Iran. And I was like, and it, and it flowed so fucking quick, I couldn't, I didn't hear the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyways, in a nursing home, workers arrested for running elderly fight club between dementia patients. At least you never have to worry about your goddamn uh, win-loss ratio then, huh? <laughs> you know what the worst thing about this is? Hmm. Somebody broke the first rule. Oh, the only rule. <laughs> fuck. 20-year-old. Tanasia Yvonne Tyson and 26-year-old Tanasia Desan Jordan and 32-year-old Marilyn Latish McKee all worked at Danby House. This is in North Carolina, I guess. Anyways, showed two pa- oh, of, of a patients of 70 and 73 respectfully fighting while employees encouraged one of the parents to punch the other in the face. The, no injuries were reported from these fights. That's sad. I mean, they're going to do it. Were they betting? 
I didn't read all this beforehand, so, like, I'm reading it as I go here. I mean, if, <laughs> if you got anything you've read in here that just, like, really came out, you can bring it up It's right a now. pretty short article. You're about through it. Enticing immediately due to the Georgia management was alerted to the situation. Ministers were working closely with Winston-Salem. Salem? Is that, like, Salem-Salem? No, probably not. No. Oh. I'm already just, I Oh, shit. Let's read these comments. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, they were busted. It doesn't really say much about it. I wish it said more now. I only just clicked on it just to see what it was. I didn't actually get to read this article for beforehand. I wanted to like a live action. But you said something about the comments. Get prison time. They need to go to jail. Come on. Let's Where's the fun? What kids and galleries have to endure is sad. Firing wasn't good enough. Come on. Firing squads. More like it. Uh, where's the fucking fun ones? This is not funny. No joking matter. Oh shit, I clicked on a goddamn ad. That's no fucking, that's not fucking cool. I don't want $200. <laughs> Come on, to be honest, this is a little funny. Just not appropriate. That's actually like the best way to put this. Yep. Yeah, super fucked up, but... I don't know. The fact that these people got the idea and followed through with it, it's crazy. It's... Oh, extremely sick, man. Hope their license got snatched. Probably, <laughs> Depends on yeah. how you said that. It could be made too. Sick people. Sick perverts. To encourage or joke about elderly people being mistreated. I mean, they're not going to remember it. <laughs> Sounds like someone broke the first rule of fight. Yep. <laughs> this guy's like, ha, 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 ha. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Quiet, 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 quiet face. Uh, they need to put him in barrel, light him on fire. That's pretty evil. Your name is Evil Tooth. What comes around goes around. See, I didn't understand that one because the person's name is like Orange Tooth or something. I don't it's know. It's Gold Coffee. To Gold Candy. To Gold ca- Oh, okay. Gold Candy is a thing. What exactly why I try to treat others like I want to be treated? You'll reap what you sow. It, you know? I don't know. Maybe there was a dispute. They just kind of like. I mean, maybe these dementia patients have had the same fucking argument every day for years. Yeah, and finally, they're like, just like, fuck it, Mary, Sue, fuck it. Beat each other up. And that, you know? Settle okay. in the cage. What? There's a cage in there? I didn't no, need that. No. <laughs> I missed the part about a cage. No. Just. <laughs> Why are you bringing Chain Link in here? It's for the Dimension Projects. We're doing arts and crafts. Oh, okay. They're down there crocheting fucking nets together, <laughs> fenced in areas. There's a guy on a fucking rascal. Round one. <laughs> this is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't condone this shit, but it's fucking funny. I'm not gonna lie. Like the the fact that people do this stupid shit is horrible, but the fact that it happened is sickly funny. Yep. <laughs> like it's a horrible thing. It is horrible. I don't condone this. Yes, they should go to prison. Yes, they should never be able to work in any kind of... They shouldn't shouldn't even be able to have children. This should be a gene system that should be shut down. But, at the same time, the fact that this happened is mildly entertaining. Like, if you've seen this in a movie, you would laugh. (laughs) Like, have you ever seen the movie Old School? They have an old man wrestle two girls in... Pudding or mud. Was it mud or pudding? Anyways, and he has a heart attack and dies. I don't know how they incur- how they convince the dementia patients to fight. You have a million tries. <laughs> like, think about it. I mean, 
don't take this bad at all, but you, every day you go in there and you can hype them up in different ways just to see what would work. Hype them up in the same way if you can get the right thing. Yeah, if you're getting the right response every time, then yeah, but you have trial and error for months. Because <laughs> every day you go in there and they can be doing, let's say they're always crocheting a hat. And one's always talking shit about the other. And it's the same fucking conversation every day. Every day. I, I actually have hung out in a dementia ward. I had a friend that worked up here at a, at the one over here. Well, we'd go up there and visit her, and we'd visit the dementia patients. They were fucking awesome. We had conversations with them, but they would forget pretty quick that they were talking, you know, like that we were, you know. But, I mean, we'd just be nice and continue the conversation. They were talking. I remember this one lady, she was talking about a, a barn dance because we were getting ready to go out to something, and that's why we were there waiting for her to get off. And... She was talking about her, I think it was her daughter or her son or son-in-law, something like that, and they were going to go to this barn dance. And the way she was talking, you could tell it was a long time ago that this happened. Like, her kids were probably... And the fact that it was a barn dance? Yeah, it was a barn... Well, there's barn dances still. Well, yeah, I guess they, they do. I, there's always that sign. I'm always curious. <laughs> but there's always a sign saying that's going on. I'm curious because it's been going on for years, and that sign changes. So someone's going to these fucking barn dances. And my morbid curiosity would love to take me out there, but some asshole won't let me drive. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to what I was saying, though, is we would continually have the same story. We would have the same conversations. we just kind of talk a little different every time. We'd get new information every time because she would tell us the same thing. We'd just kind of answer differently. And every time we answer differently, we get a little different piece of information about said person she's talking about. Going back to what I was saying, you have every time you go to work – from start to finish to figure out what triggers these old ladies to the point where they just boom and fight. So you get a lot of trial and error. It's like having unlimited lives in a fighting game and a million strate- strategies. Eventually, scientific law, you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible as it is, but these ladies had a lot of chances to do it. Uh, any other news stories you want to go over? Yes, I do. All I have right. another thing I saved. All right. Which phone did I put on? Okay. No, it's just some stupid shit I, I snapped. I screenshot it that I just wanted to bring up. I just bring up random shit now. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, I didn't have my mouth. My mouth covered. I can't think what? <laughs> words. <laughs> words are hard. <laughs> You'd know if you ever. I know why you've been not wanting to upload that one episode. It's just because nobody. You don't want anybody to like realize how little you contributed to episode true for. Yeah, it was a rough episode. I haven't uploaded them because. <laughs> That thing is lost like the Library of Alexandria. Exactly. <laughs> Burned. <laughs> Could you imagine this? Okay, hold on. I, I can't I don't know why I was thinking about this. There was something I was doing and it just made me think of this. Like you you were a peasant and you learned how to read and write and you wrote a scroll and it was a badass story, a poem of whatever, and you lived back in Macedonia back then, and that was because, I mean, learning to read and write back then is the equivalent of, you know, driving a Ferrari, basically. Like, you are... You're the man. You're, you're upper class, blah, blah. Let's say you, you scraped together, you wrote something, the manual of how to do fuck Fino, and you're like, yes. And you take it to this big fucking sign that says, however the fuck you spelled library back then. And you take it in there, and whatever toga dude's sitting there, and takes your scroll, reads it, and he's like, good job, and goes and puts it in the scroll thing, and 
you're walking out like, yeah, I did it. And that night you realize you're being invaded and they burned down that fucking library. <laughs> that is lost forever. Arson. Is that how you feel? Sometimes. I had, I had a huge thing about that, like a 15-minute whole menagerie of just acronyms and analogies and what I was getting to. And I was actually wasn't going to bring up the Library of Alexandria until I was like, you're leaving and you're staring at that library and Library of Alexandria. And you're like, yeah, I made it. And you walk away and your whole life's work's gone. <laughs> and then the Mongols attacked or whoever fucking burned that goddamn place. Do you believe that those uh, scrolls are still around? No. The Dead Sea Scrolls and all that? Oh, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Was in the they library. found them. No, they found those in a cave in pots. Yeah, but those were, used to be. Uh, no, I thought they were in the library. No they, no, they found them in a cave at the Dead Sea. That's why they're called the Dead Sea Scrolls. I thought they were supposed to have been in the library at some point. Mm. Well, it's, supposedly that library had like all the knowledge from pre <laughs> that time. Yeah, we lost a lot of information. Do you think any of that's still around? Like a national treasure just hidden? Could be. It could be buried. I mean, it was a long time ago. The Ark of the Covenant and all that shit. I'm guessing that. Oh. I don't know. Like, do you think all those old artifacts are no. still around or anything like that? Not even a smidgen? Nope. What do you think would happen if it was ever found? The Ark of the Covenant? Ark of the Covenant, anything that was in that library. Well, if they ever found the Ark of the Covenant, it'd be the world's greatest super weapon. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck it's supposed to do. It's just supposed to be this box that has incredible power. Pandora's box. Things. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you think, like, all the shit that was in the Library of Alexandria is lost. I mean, I, I mean, you see National Treasure, right? Yeah. I mean, what if it was something like that? Because, I mean, even fucking Hitler had fucking people looking for this shit. Yeah, Hitler was searching for it pretty extensively. That's why I don't think it's there. Yeah. He had a lot of resources. He probably would have found it. Well, I think part of the reason he was searching... Or somebody would have found it. I mean, there's six billion people. We cover a large surface area of the Earth. Yeah, but I maybe... I mean, things get to say he didn't find it? Yeah, I guess somebody could have found it, and they could just be hoarding it. But. He could have found it. Yeah. There's things that say he's died recently, basically. Yeah. That he fucking fled to Argentina. A lot of Nazis went there. Yeah. You know, so... It could have went there. Someone could have found it and just never told it. I mean, there's a lot of... I don't know. I like to think that there's more going on. Oh, there's always more going on, but... Because back then, you didn't have... There's to, no way for us to know. You know, it could have been like something like a, like an Indiana Jones, let's say, and like everybody basically died after they found it. Or they started killing each other off, and it got shipped over. Hmm. And then, you know, maybe it's sitting in South America somewhere. That's not... That's sparsely populated. You'd think you'd find the fucking Ark of the Covenant in the fucking jungle? They're still finding ziggurats down there. No. And pyramids and shit. I don't know. Because uh, I know Hitler was into the occult because, like, if he found something like that, that's very... Not even the power of it, just the power of having it. Not as a weapon, but just as a symbol. Yeah, the way things deteriorate, though, there's no way. Yeah, true. I mean, the, look at the Colosseum. That thing was huge and... Pretty well constructed, and that thing's like half crumbled away. Yeah, but look at the shit we have now. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't have that. Oh, well, Greek engineering fun. skills. I mean, they were pretty good engineers, but not like now. Fucking Roman roads are still around. Well, that's because they're maintained. Not all of them. Mm. I don't think they're maintained that much. It's historical. You can't maintain them too much. You can't add like new to it. 
Yeah, but you can always, It's like why you can't tear down the buildings now. Well, like I was saying, like, if you were watching any of those documentaries, like, what would happen to New York if people disappeared? That's like, I mean. in a year, the, the whole thing's, like, covered with vines. Yeah, but, like, all that Did you know if people were to just randomly disappear from the earth? Like, I was reading how fast things would deteriorate. One of the last remaining things, like, after the pyramids, after all the major skyscrapers, major cities, the last remaining thing that would be here from us would be Mount Rushmore. Really? How obnoxious. <laughs> I hate Mount Rushmore. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's came a long way since we grew up, though. Yeah, it has. Unlike uh, Crazy Horse, which is the exact same. I want to see that done. It'll never get done, because once they get it done, they have to turn it over, and they don't want to. I don't think it'll ever get done. Have you seen the pictures of what it's supposed to be? Yeah, it's supposed to be badass. I wish they would. Oh. Yeah, me too. I mean, even if they... I don't know about turning it. <laughs> I don't know. That's... I don't know much about that part of it, but yeah, it's it's supposed to be fucking awesome. Even crazier than Mount Rushmore. I had family that helped work on Mount Rushmore. Oh, really? Long, long time ago. I just don't like it because it's the only thing our state's known for. It's on our license plates. It's on our coins. It's what people... The only thing they come here for. Corncob Palace? Yeah, about that. <laughs> All right. We're on it, dude. We got a whole new thing now. <laughs> we are so on it that we will build a building out of corn. <laughs> no. Piece by piece. We finally are famous for something else. <laughs> well, that's been around for a while. Meth? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. But That's what I'm talking about. We're, we're trending. Yeah. South Dakota's always trending. Like, we do all kinds of crazy things, like... Um, when were we trending? Last? We were the one of the we were we were the first state that passed like really strict anti-abortion laws. Really? Yeah, we were there. Um, I didn't know did that. you ever see any of the other like ads that we've come out with, like the "Don't Jerk and Drive"? Yeah, it's a real advertisement. Look it up on your phone sometime. South Dakota started an advertising campaign that was called "Don't Jerk and Drive," and what it meant was "Don't jerk your wheel." Like if you're on an icy road. Because it's just going to make things worse. But whoever came up with this campaign didn't... Think about it? Was never an adolescent at any point. <laughs> Probably, uh, and then the other old. advertising that South Dakota did that was really bad, our thing was like, why would you go to Mars and die when you could live in South Dakota? It was really bad. What? Yeah. I'm looking at that one. South Dakota's famous for really dumb advertisements, so... Anyways. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I'm looking that one up. Which one? Go to Mars and die. Yeah, why would you go to Mars and die when you could live in South Dakota? That was a thing. It has more life on Mars? You have a better future on Mars. Better future on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> really? Hold on. It takes forever for me to type this shit. No, you're I think good. with how much I fucking text, I can fucking type this weird. Always texting Star Tribute. New South Dakota campaign is getting national. Mars angle. Bizarre enough to get attention. Okay. Wow, social media, blah, blah, blah. Why die on Mars when you can live in South Dakota? <laughs> There's nowhere to work. State, <laughs> state, state economic development officials want to draw millennials to live to work. Maybe that's where the Californians are coming. They're lying. They're lying. 
<laughs> start a new ad campaign so that part of the overall effort to convince young people that South Dakota is awesome. Oh, sorry. It's more than just a place to visit. We only want to come here because of the bikers, you jack piece of shit. Anyways, don't, they don't picture themselves being able to live in South Dakota because they don't, have a, they don't know enough about us, says Pat Castillo, Economic Development Commissioner. He said the, the state needed to generate a buzz with trending topics, thought the Mars angle was bizarre enough to get attention. Castillo writes. National news outlets. Florida campaign. We think Mars has what South Dakota wants. Thousands of people lining up to live there. So we decided, have a little fun with it. Campaign includes videos that highlight people who have moved to South Dakota. I want to watch this video. We think Mars thing is the right one for now. Once it runs its course, we'll hitch our wagon to the next one. That's it. That's all I got. All right, here's the other one. So yeah, it was just intended. Some guy in the fucking window just beat this fucking me. I wish. <laughs> so yeah, we don't really think about it. Okay, hold on. We have to get to this review. We are an hour and five minutes in. Point on here. He says we want to have people move to South Dakota. Okay, number one, we don't have jobs. Not worth the fuck. Not like North Dakota. You can skip a state and make a living. Anyways, uh, so another thing that people bring that these guys don't want to deal with is fucking crime. Yeah. You know what would happen if DJ not having a license wasn't the biggest fucking crime in this fucking town? (laughs) (laughs) You'd have fucking people that, like, I don't know. Let's say Williston, North Dakota. I have a friend I know. Watched a guy get dragged out in the street and shot. Boom! Right in the fucking head in the middle of a crowd. This guy got an altercation bar, got drug out. Boom! Right between the eyes. But me, but they want to bring this here. And you don't have oil rigs. We don't have shit. How the fuck are you going to get anybody to come here? They're going to come here and be like, oh, Trace. <laughs> and cops that pull you over for being dark skinned. <clears throat> Did I just? No. That was, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, it would be kind of nice to be close by some real criminals around here. But I mean, still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to dash that in there. I'll I'll bring that up later. I was going to just throw some stupid shit at you. If I need some filler, I'll bring this up. All right. So for review (laughs) episodes, we need to have a little bit more structure than we had last time. So I want to come up with a scoring system. So I was thinking we would go through five main points. (laughs) The jerk scale. (laughs) The jerk scale. So um, we'll we'll grade each part of the store, um, each part of the media that we choose to review, um, the things that I have written down, and we'll ju- we'll give them a score between one and ten, and then between each of us that makes twenty. There's five categories. It'll give us an even hundred number. So the things that I have written down are characters, um, delivery, which you know if it was a movie, it would be how well it was. Delivered in that medium or manga, how well it was drawn, etc. Um, story, world building, and then overall. Uh, what were we saying beforehand? But you were thinking like adding like antagonist. antagonist, which I guess I think we I should. think that would be under character because you could have the fucking villain of the week because characters because I think like characters I think is more of like your main cast where yeah and your villain and your is is your antagonist. Like, yeah, he's a character, but is the villain a good villain? Or is he just a good... You know what I mean? Like, I think it's, it's a little separate. Because 
like, uh, like you get some little shows and shit where it's like a villain of the week, but like in Game of Thrones, it's more all character driven. But there's some shows where it's just I want power, you know, and the the antagonist just sucks. But I think that would have it. I think that would deduct on the Opposing character force? side. Well, I mean, if we did that, it would be like antagonist and protagonist. I think characters could be. I don't know. I just think. I don't know. Or maybe that's more understory. Because if you break out, like, the good guy and the bad guy, then, yeah, the characters would be everyone else, but I don't think that's a big enough point. But, I mean, if you want, we could replace, like, overall with... We could just throw it in the understory. We'll just get in there while we're at it. Okay. Does the... Is it... I don't know. Uh, immersion? And then there's some stories that don't really have a set good and bad guy, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, it does. Really? Winter. Is the big bad guy for most of but it. That's not a bad guy. That's the a antagonist. Well, I guess the man versus nature, man versus. There's so many bad guys and good guys in that though, because yeah. I mean Cersei does is a lot of the driving force. The but king. He is the antagonist. He is the hundred percent. That is an antagonist. Where those are just shifting characters. So do you think we should make a? Because right now it's five. And it has to be divisible by 100 to make a good score. So if, and I'm totally fine with adding oh, that okay, in there. Oh, okay, then five. But we, we would have to get rid of something else. Five? What are we going, like one out of 20? One, uh, each of us would rank it one out of 10. And oh, okay. And at 20, there's five categories. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll just go with it. We'll see how it goes and we'll add more later. All right, so um, we already reviewed Game of Thrones, but since we did it, we should probably give it scores. So just run through it really quick. A, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give the overall characters of Game of Thrones? Oh, show, I'd give them a 7 because they fall off really hard at the end. Books, I'd give them a fucking 9. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. I would probably give it a 8 out of 10. The the last two seasons really fucked them hard on the, story, on the characters just because, like, what they did to, like, Tyrion and everybody just because they lost their source material. Um, delivery. How well do you think it was delivered? I think delivery, it's written well, and cinematically, it's really good. But, yeah, i give it probably, like, a good 8, both. 8 out of 10. Um, I would also say 8 out of 10. The books are phenomenal. However, book 4, A Feast for Crows, is so boring, and it doesn't move the story along. Not very much. Not at all, except for Brienne, but that's about it. So 8 out of 10 there. Um, how about the overall story? Like I said, we're, we're going to go fucking six for fucking TV show just because I fucked the end. The, so far, the story of the books, I give it fucking nine. You want to average it out to a... I'm just kind of bad, bad, bad. Yeah, let's just eight. Fuck it. Eight out of ten. Um, I would give the story a nine out of ten. World building. Great. They have a great world building. Uh, the the only thing that hold like again the story but the the show just fucks up because they're trying to make the world bigger and they don't have enough time to flesh out like Dorn and you know what I mean like those because they're trying to do the books but they have great world building I think so, so I give it like a nine nine out of ten and then overall mm. eight eight out of ten. I would also give it an 8 out of 10. So for characters, um, you gave it a 7. I got it an 8. That's a 15. Delivery, 8 and 8. That's 16. Story, 9 and 8. That makes it a 17. World building, 10 and 9. That gives it a 19. Overall, 8 out of 8. That is a 16. I'm going to get a calculator. <laughs> uh, let me see it. 
Oh, fuck it. I can do it really quick. 31. That's going to be 48. This is going to be 67. And that's going to be 83. So our official nicotine and nihilism score for Game of Thrones from a few episodes again is going to be 83 out of 100. Three stars. I don't know. Character story. Delivery. Still your shit. Oh, I'm still on this whole fucking thing about moving here. <laughs> <laughs> like I was sitting here thinking about it. You know, I it's a toss up on that. I'm just gonna do it while you're writing that down. Is that I do want people to move here so I have more people to interact with, but I do not want people to torture themselves. It's like, come, come to hell, please. I need friends. But it's like, don't come because I feel bad for you. <laughs> it's like my friend telling me they wanted to move out of this place, but they felt bad. I'm like, nobody ever gets mad at people for moving away. <laughs> we are all happy for you. I'm the opposite. I don't want people to move here just because there's not a lot of quality rural areas to move to. Like, if you want to move somewhere that has a lot of people, you have a lot of options. But there's not a lot of places like this that are available, so... Yeah, and I mean, that's fine. But, like I said, moving here, you're going to be fucking bored. This place is horrible. Yeah, there's nothing to do here. This place is horrible. But I want people to move here so it'll become less horrible. So drag me out of hell. Yeah, if you're kind of stuck here, it's a different story. You're pulling yourself (laughs) down to my level and kind of pulling me up. Because I'll interact with you. We can be friends. I'll hold your hand. So you want to start the Berserk review? Uh, yes. What do you think? Uh, what are we starting with? Um, let's start with delivery. So this is a manga. 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 Yeah. Exactly. It's a manga, anime, and it has movies. So overall, I think it is really, really well delivered. The artwork for it is beautiful. It has that 80s anime vibe to it. Um, it's all hand-drawn. Um, I... Well, I really enjoy colors. I th- I like the fact that it was in black and white. It added a unique, cool feel to it. It's, and I'm sure with that type of medium, that's kind of the standard. But it was something that I hadn't really experienced before, so it was different to me. Um, the only knock on delivery I would have is that it was a little hard to follow. The reason being is since it is translated traditionally Japanese the book is backwards so you read it from right to left and you go and it's you go like top right corner top left corner oh. of a page and then you go to the middle right and then the middle left and then bottom right bottom left but then sometimes the pictures are different sizes so and oh. that's fine and then since it is all black and white it kind of blends together and then they have really and I this isn't a really a necessarily negative thing but they just throw you into the middle of the story like all of this stuff happens after the eclipse which we'll talk about but there's a lot of concepts that it talks about like apostles and the bailiff and oh that you don't um, understand the god hand and they're talking about these things and so that makes it a little confusing because you don't really understand and that's fine because but, it, it starts you where he's the black swordsman and yeah, you're he's like, talking, he's looking for the swordsman shit. And like, you don't understand it until like, where you got in my books. Right. And it's one thing like if something, a new concept comes up and they explain it to you, but he doesn't explain it. And that's the thing that pisses me off. Like he, that little guy who's been dismembered and tortured or whatever has one of those bailet things. And he's like, oh, my God, where did you get that? It's a bailet. 
and then he doesn't explain what it is. I'm like, what the fuck, guy? <laughs> so, overall, I think the delivery is really, really good. I enjoyed it. Um, it was absolutely beautiful to look at. I liked the style of it. I liked the world building that he did it. It was very, very dark. It was just a little hard to follow. And they have some really hard transitions. Like, he'll be fighting a horde of zombies, and then all of a sudden, the very next page, it'll cut cut to somewhere else. And it won't say, like, meanwhile in Midland <laughs> or at the Count's castle or something like that. It just transitions from one thing to another really hard. So you get a little bit confused in that way, but you end up figuring it out. But overall, I would give Delivery a 9 out of 10. Um, I want to give it a 10 out of 10, but it was a little hard to follow for me. Yeah, I mean, it does have its up curve in it. In that, I mean, I guess I really... This is before I was actually kind of reviewing shit, so I already came into it with knowledge of the shows and animes I've watched. And, but, I mean... The animes, I watch them because I am a huge fucking fan of Zerg. Anime quality and shit. The delivery in the animes, I'll just talk about those real quick. Uh, the original one, 1997, that one's decent, but it's, you know, it's probably its time. The anime's hand-drawn. Uh, the three movies, the Golden Age arc, they're on Netflix. I like them the most. Like, they do have CGI, but there is hand-drawn, you know, blah, blah. It's back and forth. I think it looks nice. A lot of people talk shit about it because it's not all hand-drawn. I like it. Uh... The newest adaption, it's fully CGI, so it kind of looks clunky and all that shit. And it mostly talks about, like, where does it go? I forgot. Anyways, yeah, it's more like the dark swordsman arc and all that shit. But the delivery in the manga, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, if you get that learning curve from reading the manga where you have to do it backwards and all that shit. But after I got into it, yeah, I've, you know, it was pretty quick. But like I said, I've been, you know, kind of been doing it for years, so it's not that weird to me. And all that. So, I anyway, mean, overall, to me, the delivery, great fucking artwork. I always love it. You can really see its fucking emotions in the art. And this guy, you can just tell he's worked fucking hard. And so, I mean, I'd give it at least, yeah, probably a nine. Just because every, everything is, nothing's perfect, but it's damn near. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to leave story for almost last because that's going to take up a huge chunk of time, but I have to take a break because I'm going to piss myself. (laughs) We'll be back. And we're back. Yeah. I feel a lot better. Um, next thing I'm going to go with is world building. You want to start it? Yeah. Uh, actually it's world building is pretty nice because it stays pretty close. Like you, you get a concept for the world. And, like I said, you're always kind of just around the one guy. And then it kind of, it never falls too far away. Like, you kind of hear about another country here and there, other countries. But the world building, um, it's decent, I think, until you start getting into the, uh, starts talking about, like, other realms and shit, where you start getting, like, more of the spiritual world and then, like, the god world and all that shit. And, and then it's basically, it. the world building goes with the story because a lot of it is unknown so to me i think it's really good because the world building helps with the story because like the unknown is what you're always catching and like like i said if you ever watched just the golden age arc it would you don't really realize there's supernatural until you see zod and then you start then you hit zod and then there's fucking oh god there's apostles then you hit apostles there's demons then there's a spiritual, there's witches, there's this, there's that. And after you hit the witches, there's fucking farther on, there's farther on, you know what I mean? And it really plays to the story because a lot of it is Guts is just walking through all this shit. Like, he's going to this to do this to this, you know. You don't know about the elf world besides from Puck. 
you know it's around because there's an elf. And then you're like, huh. So I think the world building, because it stays mysterious, it works really well in it. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. What about you? What would you give it? Oh, sorry. No. Uh, I think for what it does, it's wonderful. It's great. Eight. Eight out of ten. All right. Wonderful, great. It's an eight. Uh, the world building for me was really good. It was. They do a really good job of um, building in the concepts of the world because it's it's not a place with a lot of hope. There's a lot of bad things. Um, <laughs> so, and the way that they introduce it um, is pretty good. Like I said, it's kind of confusing, but it has a lot of unique concepts that makes that really aids the story and makes it interesting. Um, and then you just get a sense that it's really medieval. Um, obviously not set in modern age where there's real technology or s- stuff, but and then a lot of things are controlled by the supernatural, which, you know, in medieval times in our world, it was the same way. That's where religion was spawned from. So um, the fact that the supernatural has so much control of the world and it's real, um, I think, is really good. They introduce a lot of unique concepts, you know, with the Baelith, um, all the different kingdoms. You have mercenary bands. Um, I think it does a really good job of presenting all those things. I would give it... Probably an 8 out of 10, the same thing. Um, the, I would deduct points for just, like, kind of the same thing with delivery. Um, it is It does get a little bit confusing because I think if you were to go through and read it twice, it would be fine. Yeah. Um, it, I feel like I missed some things, though, because I would read something I wouldn't really understand. And then I would figure out what it meant later. Um, but at the time that I went through that part, it was a little confusing. So I think if I were to go back and read through it again, I would have a better understanding. It would be um, a little higher. And I like how a lot of the story is set. Like, I like how there's a current part of the story. And then he goes back in a flashback, which is the Golden Age arc. And then you get to learn about what happened. Um, I don't know. Actually, I would change that. I would give it a 9 out of 10. There's really not very much I can... That for. Well, like I said, a lot of it is is trying to keep it dark and mysterious, I think. And right. it really plays to what it it knows what it's trying to do. That's why I don't want to deduct for it, because it was just how it was presented, which yeah. is absolutely fine. I mean, it's great to discover a world in that way. So Because you're kind of discovering everything with guts. Right. Because you're actually in a really closed because I mean in medieval times you really wouldn't know what's going on But I don't know. That's just how I looked at it. it. Was just that it's just staying mysterious to because it's just dropping on the readers as soon as guts finds out about it. Like you have ideas that it's there, but you never really like the trolls and all that shit. And yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, next we'll go on to characters. Um, I really enjoyed the characters. I like really expansive stories where there's a lot of characters like Game of Thrones. However, this one doesn't have a large main cast of main characters, but I ended up really enjoying it for that reason um, because you get to know them more. Um, I Usually in Japanese media, I hate the little kid annoying figure, which is what Puck is in this, but for some reason, I really like Puck. He's kind of your consciousness in the story. Um, he is, like, at first he's kind of, like, your emotional, like, into Guts' mind of, like, how he's feeling. Like, because at first he's like, ah, I'm hurt, because he's, like, the malice out of Guts. And then later on he kind of just becomes a, uh, what you call it? Uh, what do you call it? A funny character. Yeah. 
He becomes more of a comic relief with what's that little boy's name? What's the boy's name? I had the characters up. I wanted to say their names. Ishidara, the little kid that runs around guts. Oh okay. Yeah, they become a fucking like comic relief thing, and those two because they get like like Sepulchre and Fernius, they come into it, but after they get into it and you have Casca and all of them are running around, they uh he doesn't really do the cautious as much. Farn not really Farnius. What's the fucking one bitch's name? The witch. Did you get to the witch? I don't remember which. You don't remember the little witch that runs around with guts? Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyways. Uh, what the hell is her name? Why isn't it on here? No, actually, I mean, in that part of the story, I didn't get very far because you get guts. He's introduced. He ends up fighting his way through. He learns about the count. He goes and attacks the count. The whole thing happens where, you know, his bailiff is activated. And then the rest of the manga that I read through, through number nine, is all in the Golden Age arc. I mean, it's oh, a, the eclipse yeah. is about to happen, and it's about to go back to that storyline. But in that part of the story yeah know, I guess I completely pretty much I thought there was more than what I thought you know what I mean cause there's uh okay cause basically what happens I mean okay out of the characters you know cause you don't know like Sepulco you know yeah you do I'm trying to think of who all you know cause a little kid that runs around with Berserk that was with the mercenary band beginning with Puck he's fallen guts then he fucking meets Farnese did you get that part? Where he's the bitch from the Holy Chain night with the guy. And they capture guts. God damn it. I hate that Golden Age arc house right in the middle because I don't know how far the Black Sword's going to go. Not very far. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's only... Okay, see, so like... Got... I mean, it transitions to the Golden Age arc like three books in. Okay, because he, he fights the snake, he fights the duke, and then it goes to the him being a kid... Right. The mercenary band. Born under the fucking tree. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, I mean, you have other characters, because basically, like, Guts, he's fucking amazing. I I want to say my life's been as bad as his, but, like, I really kind of understand the character to a point, because he's, like, a gray character. He's gray, and, you know what I mean? Are we doing characters? Yeah, we're on characters. Okay. So, just to get it out of the way, the one knock I have on characters is... Most of the characters, I mean, they develop like, you know, you you learn about Guts and how he develops as a kid. And then, um, you, but the rest of the character, and then Griffith obviously goes from being a good guy to a bad guy. Well, kind of how, how, yeah, he's one of the main antagonists. He's he, he ends up being a bad guy. But most of the characters are pretty one dimensional. Like they don't transition a lot. Um, you know, you, get, you meet the mercenary bands and they're mercenaries and um, all of that. However, I'm I'm gonna end up giving characters a ten out of ten because I love Guts' story that much. It's awesome. He actually does cycle, and you're I, you see it in the Golden Age where he starts like the Campfire Dreams chapter where you're looking at all the campfires and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like that part, and he does a cycle where he's like horrible loner, and then he starts to develop that trust that he did, and he looks at Griffith like a brother, and then all that gets smashed. And then it's he's actually right now in the story, he's with another group. He let another group in. So that's kind of his arc because it kind of goes like that. And the Black Swordsman arc is to show like what happened after it where he went loner. Because mm-hmm. did he go – does it show him go back to the the kids in Casca before it goes the flashback to Gold Age? 
to show what happened to Casca? No. Okay, you know what happens, though, right? I, I know what happens. Actually, like, in the orig- in the first part of the storyline, I haven't seen Casca at all. Really? Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of talk about that oh. in story, but... Um, she's pretty early in the Golden Age. Who? Casca? Oh, yeah, she's really early in the Golden Age, but... Oh, she's you haven't not seen Casca in, in the present. Right, in the present tense. Oh. Um, she's a... Yeah. Anyways... Wow, I thought you. Wow, I thought I had more of that book. I feel fucking dumb now for wanting to do this. There's like a huge amount of story left. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there's still like thirty of them. But yeah, um, I really, I, like I said, I'm gonna give characters a ten out of ten. There's a slight knock on it, but they get it gains a point again because I like guts a story so much. Gets- like with him, with him being found, birthed under a tree from a corpse that was lynched. And then they find him, Lynched. the, um, <laughs> you know, uh, what's his name, Gambino? Gambino. Yeah, Gambino's Gambino. wife, um, she just lost a kid and ends up taking pity on the kid and convinces him to, you know, it's not his adopt wife. the it's kid. A, it's, a, it's a whore that follows the camp that is his, but, like, he cares. But it's his Yeah, he cares, lady. but, like, yeah, he cares, but he don't, but he cares... And then he grows up, and you, we you know, he's... We don't have kid-sized swords. Yeah, we don't have kid-sized swords. And he, uh, Gambino just beats the crap out of him. And even, you know, the other mercenaries, like, he's only a kid. But, you know, he, he gets a lot of tough love, and he becomes a great warrior because of it. And yeah. um, The one thing, so, like I mentioned in a previous episode, the concept of rape in media really bothers me. However, it didn't in this because it has such a profound impact on who he becomes. Like, he's always like, don't touch me. Yeah. And you see why? Yeah, you understand it. So, it wasn't there for, like, a shock factor. It was genuinely put in for character Uh, development. I'm going to tell you this. When you get a little bit farther, it's really prevalent. And, yeah, it gets prevalent with the um, The trolls. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's coming soon. It's okay. a huge part of it. Huh. They kidnap women out of a village. So, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> just just fair warning. And Casca gets it, too. The one th- oh, the other thing about characters that bothers me. I hate how Casca looks like Guts, and then Griffith looks like a female supermodel. <laughs> it confused the crap out of me because when I, you know, obviously as I read it, I figured it out, but I'm like, oh, that's Casca. And then I thought, um, Cat, who was actually Casca, was possibly, I, I thought it was Guts at first, but I don't know. That bugged the shit out of me. Really? I've never yeah. really seen that. Now that I think about it, I can see it. But yeah, I mean, well, Griffith is supposed to be like the white knight, pretty fucking boy, blah, blah. Definitely is. Yeah. He's the complete opposite of fucking Guts. If you think about it, that's what he is. Yeah. Guts should be the bad guy. Yeah, and I mean... If you, if really you look at the character sheets, he should be the bad guy. Yeah, it's all about perspective. And really, I mean, at the first part of that, you can definitely... You could consider him the bad guy. He's... <laughs> He's not exactly good. No. He never is exactly good. He's trying to get revenge. <laughs> right. So... And that's where the whole uh, Griffith didn't do anything wrong comes from. Yeah, we'll get that in the story. What do you give characters? Well, I mean, it sucks that you don't know all the characters. You get, like, Farnese, Sepico, 
Uh, Seprico is a character that I thought you would have hit by now, but he is uh, Farnese's basically bodyguard, and she is the Holy Chain Knights commander. They're like a, a uh, they're a brigade of the Holy Chain. They're, they're the Holy Chain Knights of the Holy See. The Holy See is basically Christianity, and for all extensive purposes, and they are a group that is like. How do you want to put that? They put her in charge of it, of knights, and all these knights are really pampered rich boys. If you kind of, I can't think of what you would call it as a group of knights. They're like kind of just pompous. They're pompous, and they get these, this, the holy chain knights. They are the elite forces, quotations, of the Holy See, but they're not battle hard knights. They're not going to war. They're. I can't think of what you would call it. It'd be like the class you put all like the like if you had teams like of like football teams like they'd be like the really ex- like well taken care of kids that never has to get money. Okay. Like they don't have to go to practice, yeah, but their works. parents give money to the football team. I mean, all of the best equipment and stuff. Yeah, to buy that. equipment for the rest of the kids that actually go out to practice every day, and these kids don't have to practice. If that makes an like, yeah. good analogy of what I'm trying to say. I can't <laughs> can't think of what you call it. They're basically like a stage knights. Like, they all have not, you know. There's a couple seasoned warriors, and they're like her, one of her commanders is a seasoned, like, he's called, he fought a, like a horde of people on a bridge once. So he's, you know, he has a title, uh, whatever, but he's mostly there to be, like, in charge of these knights to tell them how to, you know, be a knight. So they have someone that's competent in the group. But Farnese is the leader of it. She has a uh, boy she grew up with that. Is like her bodyguard, and he's like your sly fox character, you know, your quick rapier type fighter. That's Seprico. And then you got this other guy who's like a great warrior who's actually, you know, seasoned commander. And that's the one who actually really like tells her, like, hey, yeah, do this. You know, he's more of like the leader, but he's not a bunch, and it's just a bunch of posh kids. They're chasing guts. <laughs> it goes great for him. <laughs> <laughs> the 100 man slayer. Versus, you know what I mean? I like that one guy. This is the... In the Golden Age arc, I can't think of his name. He's like, this has been passed down for generations. Remember that guy? Yeah. (laughs) He gets his ass kicked a lot. (laughs) Casket kills him. Anyways, yeah. But, you know, Hunter Man Slayer guts. And that's another thing I don't don't get out of this is, yeah, they, they see him, but, like, his reputation from the Golden Age arc really never pops up in the Black Swordsman arc. Because, like... The Golden Age arc happened a couple years prior. Okay, because Griffiths was in prison for a year, and then it's like a little bit of time has passed, like it's maybe another year. So it's like two years ago, he was in the Band of the Hawk, the raid captain. He was this holy fuck, killed a hundred men badass, right? And everybody knew who he was. He was feared, known, and all that shit. And now he's wandering as a black swordsman, and nobody fucking remembers him. Yeah, that is... You'll, you'll find that in there. And, he and like, they never go up like, oh, the Black Swordsman. I think that's the old Raider, you know, Raiders captain. Like, nobody ever, like, makes that connection. Because, like, that one guy, the uh, the guy who was talking about that commander, he holds people off at a bridge. Whatever. He has a, There's a whole huge story about him. He has a legend. He, his reputation precedes him. Where you'd think someone like Guts being the Raider, these, this group of mercenaries made themselves knights, or, you know, Griffith, fucked the princess... Ruined their reputation, got hunted down, is wanted fucking people, 
you would think his reputation would be pretty fucking high. He's the second in command of that group, and he wielded a huge fucking sword and killed notoriously great generals for that army. Yeah, and then no one knows who he is. Nobody, like, nobody in that holy scene knights goes, I think that's that dude that killed 100 men. Even if they didn't completely believe it, that he did do that, you would think they'd be like... Especially considering prestige is such a big thing. I mean, you know, once you get to that, you know, you you often hear, like, the mercenary groups talk about yeah. great generals. Griffith's great. Or, that's Griffith. Bandino. He is that crazy. Like, the first guy you see guts kill, he had a reputation that everybody stuck. They're like, oh, God, oh, God. You know? Yeah, so prestige is an important thing in the world, so you'd think it would carry through a little bit more. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. I guess I could go into world building that didn't make sense because that would be something they would know. Because maybe they didn't realize the Black Swordsman was him at first, but you'd think he would eventually someone be like, I remember seeing him. He was part of the Band of the Hawk. Right, especially especially like you said with the sword. I mean, that's a pretty defining feature because that's a really unique part of Guts is this yeah, well, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have that sword originally, but still, some huge guy wielding a huge fucking sword. Yeah, the Dragon Slayer is a lot bigger than the sword he had during the Golden Age arc, but... You know. Right. It, it should have, you know, that's one thing I, I do remember nobody, because they, they do catch him at one point, and he doesn't have an arm, because when you get to the, okay, well, basically, oh, fuck, talk about that later. Anyways, they catch him, have him, and nobody goes, hey. Like, none of the, you know, nobody, you'd think somebody would rec- remember, recognize something about that. And then when you go throw these pompous fucking knights at him, someone be like, Hmm. But they're also going, Lord has you! You know, you have the protection of the god. Yeah. But they, like, some military commander would be like, hmm, yeah, we're not going to send all the nobles after this kid, this guy. We're not going to send him after a battle-hardened veteran of fucking war that presumably killed a hundred people in the other army by himself. Right. That reputation would... Because you see people stop, like what I said earlier about that one dude. When they went in there with Bazuzo, Bazuzo, with the guy with the big fucking axe that he kills, the fucking army stopped. Oh, yeah, the very first guy when he gets the reward. Yeah, they fucking... And the band of hawks are pissed off. And they stopped. Like, that fucking army with the general stopped. So, like, mm, yeah. We heard he killed a bear. That was his big thing. Guts killed 100 men, and it was brought up. It's been said. It's a reputation of his that he was a 100-man slayer. And then... It just never proceeded. Yeah. The only one that preceded him was the the black swordsman killing apostles, and apostles kind of knew about it, but they didn't really talk about it. Like apostles, like ooh, the black swordsman here, I'm gonna kill him. But none of them were like, oh my god, he's been killing apostles. Maybe there's a reason why. That's another thing. They're all really. Uh, and there's things the apostles would know about that regular people wouldn't. Like when he kills all those skeletons that come out like when he meets the priest and his daughter and she oh, gets killed sad. and he, she ends he ends up fucking destroying all those that huge army of undead they yeah. would know about that too uh that's kind of hit and miss i think because that's just spirits taking over spirits because yeah. the incubus and all that i could see them not knowing about that but there there would be people because they do know about the black swordsman like, it's a reputation. He has that reputation among apostles that he's killing apostles. But all the apostles is like, oh, you killed apostles. You'll never kill me. And they kind of do that, you know, villain of the week's Bond villain idea. 
Yeah. Instead of being like, hmm. And yeah, because the Count knows who he is. Yeah, he hears about it. He fought and he fought Zod, and they're all fucking afraid of Zod. Zod's probably the most powerful, if not one of the most, if not the most powerful apostle. It, right. Or he's way. That's up. where he gets a sword from, right? The second Zod one. gives it to him. He, the second one he gets when he's fighting one of the generals, his sword breaks, and then Zod throws him that one and he kills him. Okay. And then he gets a third one later on that he assassinates people with. Because he remember he assassinates a couple of nobles with it. But no, like, he, and then he does all this shit, and nobody ever remembers it except for like the, that one mercenary about the the the, the, the Middle Eastern dudes. You know what I'm talking about? From Medland? No, there's like some Middle East. Oh yeah, fuck, forgot. Uh, did you get to the part where they broke out Griffith? Broke him out? What do you mean? He's in prison. No, he. That's it's about to that. Oh, so has he fucked the princess yet? Yes. Okay. Well, there's so well. When he left, yeah, he fought those guys when it shows Griffith or Guts kind of out in the world. It should be around where you're at. Anyways, he fights these guys in, like, a ring war thing. He beats this guy who's, like, a, an assassin order. Anyways, that guy remembers him. But, like, nobody else ever goes, oh, my God, it's a Hunter Manslayer, you know? But, I don't know, it's just kind of, that's one thing that kind of gets me sometimes. Uh, Puck, he's pretty cool. Later on, he, he when he becomes a comic relief, he kind of gets back and forth. Like any comic relief character, uh, little kid he kind of becomes it, but he's also trained, becomes stronger. He becomes the element with salamander, so he's fire. He has a fire dagger. Okay. Uh, you'll when Farnese, she's a noble, like I said, but she has because eventually, like they get Casca, and to get her, when Casca, when you find Casca, she's fucking her mind's gone. She's broke because what happens during the eclipse breaks her, and she just. Bleep, Checks out. She's a bitch. She's she's retarded. Basically, I don't know what else to call it. Her mind's gone. She's like a baby. Right now, when he's in running around looking for Griffith, or what they call him, anyways, uh, she's actually in an elven mine, where because elven mines kind of hide the whatever you want to call it, the brand. Okay. Anyways, that's where she's at. She's mind domed. I'll talk about the eclipse when we get to that point. Uh, she's. They actually do get to the point where she does get her mind back. Puck, like I said, later on, he, he's, like I said, he dynamics off other characters. Him and, the, like, the kid become more of a, you know, back and forth. Uh, there's a little witch that goes with him later on, and she helps Guts because he gets this thing called Berserk Armor, and that's fucking sick. Hmm. Yeah, so he can really fight apostles. Well, that sword he has, that Dragon Slayer one, he gets it, and it's supposed to be, like, the guy made it for a king who wanted the biggest fucking sword to slay a dragon. And then he's like, I can't wield this, and it's in a shed, and Apostle attacks, and when he's at that guy's house again, and he fucking whips that out of a garage, he's like, finally, a weapon for me! Boom! And that's how he gets the sword. <laughs> and then he's just been killing so many Apostles that it becomes kind of like a, what should we call it, weapon. Just like I don't know the blood, not I don't think like the blood soaking into it that he can kill spiritual beings with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, character wise, I'm getting too much into story with all this. I love the characters; they're fucking awesome, dynamic. I give them a nine. All right, so we're gonna get into the heart of it, story. So just so you know, kind of what I, where, the things that I read in the manga. Um, I read the first nine. Um, the first three are what in what I would call the Black Swordsman arc. So you meet Guts, he ends up running through a bunch of shit. You meet Puck, um, he goes into a town. The Count is this guy who oversees the certain area of the land. Everyone fears him. Um, it turns out 
there's a story where these heretics kill his wife, made him go crazy, so he becomes this heretic hunter. Um, he learns about the Count from this deformed guy that the Count tortured. So Guts ends up fighting the Count. Um, during the fight with Guts, he is able. the Count is basically unkillable, but he ends up using the Count's daughter as, like, a hostage and yeah. gains the upper hand on him. The Count uses his bailiff to summon the God Hand, um, and then he gets all kinds of fucked up and then goes to the Golden Age arc. Golden Age arc, you know, goes from when he's a kid, oh, yeah. Gambino. Okay. Um, Donovan rapes him. He kills him. Um, he ends up running away because his stepfather, Gambino, mentor guy, attacks him when he's drunk and he kills him. Um, the mercenary mercenary band gets pissed off at him. Gambino he, doesn't have a leg, so he right. falls into depression. Even though he's still a leader, but he can't really lead because he's hurt. And Guts gives him like all of his money, and he drinks on it. And then he just thinks that Guts is a demon child, and that's why he treats him like shit. He thinks because of how he was born, he ended up killing the girl. He's a bad omen. That's what they keep yeah. calling him. And then he sold him to Donovo. Donovo. Donovan. And then he shoots him with a fucking crossbow. Anyways, but yeah, he ends up killing Gambino out of self-defense. And everybody's like, why did you do that to your dad? And he runs away. And then he, basically ever since then, he's been fighting on his own. And the reason he uses such a big sword is because he trained with a big sword. He just kind of grew up with a big right. sword. Yeah, they run him out of the band. They shoot him with an arrow. He's left to die. The other mercenary band, the Hawks, find him. Or no, it wasn't the Hawks. No, he's part of it. He's part of an army. He's a yeah, single he gets, mercenary. Yeah, he's he gets tired. found as a single mercenary, and then he's fighting in a bunch of wars. Then he fights that. Uh, yeah, Bazuzzo, um ends up beating him. The Hawks take notice of him because because he killed that general. He gets a reward. Some of the mercenaries from the Hawks are pissed off. Um, they really Griffith pissed off. takes notice of him, uh, and then how does that go, Griff? They wanted to rob him. Guts gets hurt somehow, and... No, he... He gets, stabs him. He stabs him. He wakes up, um, and then he fights Griffith. Griffith ends up defeating him in a wager where he has to join the Hawks. Um, they go and take on a mission with the King of Medlin. They end up doing that. Throughout the story, um, Griffith ends up making Guts his right-hand man, basically. Then they go and fight that other major war for Midland. They end up winning. Um, Guts wants to leave. They fight again. Guts ends up beating Griffith and leaving the band. And he ends up saving Casca because she gets attacked by, like, the 100-man army, and he ends up fighting a bunch of guys to save her. So she falls in love with him. And that's where the book... Oh, and Griffith, out of depression of losing guts, ends up fucking the princess. Um, and then he's about to get captured. And then the very last manga ends with um, Guts and Casca becoming romantic. A little mixed up. So yeah, it never goes this. back to the Black Swordsman arc, so that one didn't get very far. Okay, so right. basically... The reason he leaves is because he he goes and does this assassin thing for fucking Griffith, and then he overhears him talking to the princess, saying that... Because the way he sees Griffith as an equal, they're best friends. And Griffith acts like that. And I think Griffith actually does see Guts as a best friend. But he, when he says this, he's not thinking about it like that, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know Guts can hear him. But he basically says that he can never see one of his subordinates that doesn't have a dream as an equal. 
where Gruff, Gruff, uh, Guts thinks they're friends or equals, which he just basically said they're not, and he wants to be basically an equal with Griffith. Right, and Griffith so has he, the aspirations to become king, where Guts doesn't really have a direction. Yeah, Guts just, you know, that's where you get like the, the field of the campfire dreams. Where he's talking about, I just want to swing this sword. And you kind of see Casca warming up to Guts and all that shit, but... Yeah, she hates him as, at the beginning. Yeah. He kind of takes her spot. Yeah, and then she you can kind of see it, like war- her warming up to him. But then, like, when she has her period and it kind of fucks up her fighting and then he saves her. And then he fights that 100 man. But after he hears that thing that Griffith says about how he can never see anybody that works basically under him as an equal... Guts wants to strike out on his own to become an equal. And that's why he leaves. And then that breaks Griffith because he lost something he owned because he's never lost. Because he's just been gaining steam with the fucking Midland Army. They become knights, blah, blah. Then he goes and fucks the princess like a dumbass and ruins everything. And then the, you know, Band of Hawks on the run. One of the things I thought was weird, though, because when that Donovan guy rapes Guts, he's like... Gambino sold you to me. And then Guts wonders about it later. He's like, I wonder who sold me. And then Gambino ended up telling him it's like a shocking, revealing factor to him, which doesn't make sense to me because the the guy told him. It's the abuse of Gambino. It's that he looks at Gambino with such high regard that he would never betray him because he's been... So he was told that, but just didn't believe it. Yeah, he didn't believe him. Because that, that kind of confused you watch, me. I'm like, fighting, you've already been told this. Why are you surprised? He's fighting that rape until he's told that, and then he's like, did he really do this? He couldn't have done that. Gambino would never do that to me. Right. And that's where it is. That's more of what it is. It's just he couldn't. he just couldn't believe it because he looked at Gambino like a father. Why would your father do that to you? Right. And Gambino, all, and he's just, he just never seen Gambino doing that. He seemed tough. He thought it was just tough love, but not what it was. Where it was just, he's a meal ticket. Yeah. And, I mean, what was I going to say? There was this one arc, like, because uh, in the first arc, you get to see how sadistic Gus is. And this is, like, why uh, he's not exactly a good character. That first fucking apostle you see him kill, the Cobra guy, he's like, I am stronger than humans. I will kill you all. You're fragile. And he sits there with that crossbow and just like, let's see how fucking long it takes you to die. Oh, yeah. He does kill an apostle before the count. Okay, you're right. Yeah, he's killing that one, but he just keeps shooting him in the face with that crossbow. And he's like, oh, you can't die. I bet this fucking hurts. And he just keeps fucking shooting him. And he's like, that sucks. That sucks. That sucks. That sucks. (laughs) And and he just laughs at him while he's just basically torturing him. Because he cut him in half. He couldn't do anything. And he just kept shooting him with the fucking crossbow. Because, yeah, you won't, he won't die from it, but it fucking hurts. <laughs> He's still getting shot with a fucking crossbow. He's like, we're going to see how long you last. That's the weird thing. That, that was the other thing that kind of threw me off, because he ends up fighting all those people. He fights the apostle, but then he gets captured and tortured. And I don't, I don't know, that's weird. That's a weird break to be able to defend yourself, fight an unkillable being, and then allow yourself basically to get captured and tortured. Eh, it doesn't bother him. I like it when that guy's torturing him and he just looks at him like, fuck you. (laughs) Well, another thing, if you didn't catch when there is, like, before Griffith gets tortured, the father, the the king, he's, like, rapes his daughter. (laughs) He doesn't really rape her, but he loves her, like, wants to take her virginity. Like, he has, like, a sexual drive towards her. And that's why she doesn't come out. 
Who? Repeat that? The king? The, the king of Midland? Yeah. When Griffith fucks the princess, the king, like, part of the reason he's so mad is because he wanted to fuck the princess. Oh, wow, I didn't get that far. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> it, it, you don't really see it until this all happens because he's like, that was mine. And then, like, you start to see how fucked up he was towards her. Like, it starts showing it that that was his daughter. He wanted her because she looked just like his old wife and this other shit. Like, he had, like, a sexual drive towards her. Hmm. Another one you didn't get to that I thought was actually before the Golden Age arc was the, the little girl that was an apostle. There's a village he goes to, and it... I, it, I thought it was in the fucking... It must be right after the Golden Age arc, because... Yeah. Anyways, did you get to where he summons the bailiff and then he attacks Griffith? Who does? Griff, uh, Guts, where he like tries to fight him, like when he sees the god hand. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps that bailiff forever. But, so you don't know where it's going, because bailiffs always go where they want to go. Right, but go. then they end up finding you when you need them. Yep, they go to where they need to go. That, okay, so that's something so that confused me I was going to ask you about. That's why he's keeping it. So, the, and this happened with the Count. So you meet the Count's daughter, and that's, like, the only thing they, that he loves. And he ends up fighting Guts, and they he's in a bad position with Guts, and then, and then his bailet shows up, and he ends up, you know, getting cut, and his blood goes on it, and it activates it, and the God Hand shows up. And then, basically, what he needs to do is sacrifice something that he loves, and his daughter happens to be there. And so that's the whole thing with the bailet, is it shows up when you need it to, and then you have the option to sacrifice something that you love more than yourself to obtain this crazy power. What happens if... They say no? They say no, because yeah. the, get, then the dead come up and end up taking him. He goes to the cycle of... That yeah, because that, that, that little guy that he tortured ends up showing up because he died, and so he kind of gets his revenge in, a way is, in the it, afterlife. It, so that's that's a weird concept to me because that's supposed to be the major choice is you have to sacrifice something that you love to obtain this power, but really the choice is you have to sacrifice something that you love or you're going to die. I don't know. That was just kind of weird. because They didn't really it, say he was going to die. He just found out. Yeah, he just found out. But that, I don't know, it makes it no, less you, The reason, like, you never see anybody that says no is because they get took. <laughs> right. So it makes the choice a lot easier. That's what, what I mean. But if you don't know, they, yeah. just, they just offer you the power. They don't really say what's going to happen if you say no. That's true. So that's something that really confused me because, yeah, I guess that makes sense if they don't know. But I don't know. To me, that Because I remember that account. He talks to him and he's like, we must take something. He's like, take guts, take him. And they're like, we don't do that. We have to take something from you. And he right. has to give up his daughter for it, which originally gave up his wife and everybody around him because the wife was fucking around on this fucking whatever people. She was doing it willingly. They didn't kidnap her. Right. So he did that out of that. Out of rage. Yeah. And then he became the count he is today. But he says no, but he goes, that, that swirl, that's evil, basically. That's, it, it basically t- comes up to, that's purgatory. That's where you go. That's why that one dude went, the little midget dude that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why he went. And that's what I like about Gut is he's not trying to save everybody. Like, if you're not strong enough to fight, then die. Yeah. And, like, you see that a lot. Kind of like I said about him torturing that one apostle to death. When he's like, I will always regenerate. He's like, all right. Oh, yep. Keep regenerating. That's fine. I'll just keep shooting you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but- and he does that a lot. Like, when he, when he say that girl, that girl said she wanted revenge. Another thing. And that's where the Black Swordsman arc ends is that I think her name's Therese or something. She's like, like I'm going to kill you. He's like, sounds like a good time. Yeah. And then walks off. Yeah. 
And uh, you kind of see him get sad. Does it show that? At one point, he does that. He saves somebody, and he gets sad because like nobody appreciates what he's doing. Because he is alone. Get that. He's really he's very alone, and like it kind of seeps out every once in a while. But he is still fucking crazy, evil. He's a ma- he's a mean person. But like he gets sad because he just saved her life, and she doesn't care. And she still wants to kill him. I think that's the scene where it happens. One of those scenes, he does that, and you see him kind of get like, meh, nobody loves me. Like, he has that <laughs> look on his face for a second. But uh, I thought this got it there, where there's another moral gray area where you don't know what he's doing. Because another apostle you fucking hit. Well, okay, another thing you find out is all these apostles that you're seeing, like the snake one, the slug guy, the count, and this next one I'm going to talk about, the moth girl. When the, when the eclipse is about to happen, you see them. They pop up in the, the camp of a, what should we call it, the band of the hawk, and they eat some of them. Half the band of the hawk stays in a camp, and the other half goes to get Griffith. The other half gets passed. Right, because that's what the, the brand is, the sacrifice. Yeah, that, but they get branded, so they get... This is before that. They, they're walking to that, the eclipse where it's going to happen, because they all know where it's going to happen, like Zod says. When his ambitions come to fruition, you will be sacrificed. Well, these guys, the slug, the snake, and that moth bitch, they kill the other half of the Band of the Hawk. So you know, he, like, Gus doesn't know this, but he's actually getting revenge for the Band of the Hawk right there by killing those possums. Yeah, that's something that bothered me, too, was that brand, because that was a really big thing because, you know, because he has the brand, the demons can keep finding him to try and feast on him. And I read through nine of the comics and it was never explained i didn't understand what that brand was until i read online through the summaries what it was so it's i mean that was a constantly confusing thing that was never explained to me yeah and i guess like i said going into it knowing what it is it's a little different but when right. you don't know yeah it's kind of hard i've always actually wanted to get that tattooed on me but anyways uh yeah so he gets that brand when the sacrifice happens because all those apostles are going they already know this is going to happen and where it's going to happen causality cannot be changed that's why they're already on their way to it before Griffith even makes that sacrifice. Or even says yes. They're going to the, uh, the promised time, the promised place. Which basically what happens is they're running away. They save him. All of his ligaments are cut. He has no tongue. He basically had his helmet. He's been, they leave his helmet on him. He's fucked. Everything about Griffith is dead. He can't talk. He can't move. He can hardly do anything. He's a fucking toothpick. Anyways, he ends up, he sees, he tries to have sex with Casca. It doesn't happen. It's weird. Because he's just, he's been in prison for a year. He's trying to, something. But he sees, like, Guts and Casca kind of. Anyways, he takes off. Somehow gets this wagon. Like, puts it in his teeth. Hiyahs the horses. They take off. He gets to this fucking place. He falls. Like I said, all of his ligaments are cut. And he can kind of move his arms. Because I think it's just his wrists or his ankles are cut. And he kind of lifts his hand, because where he, like, this is how that bailet thing works. Remember how he lost it down a drain? Mm-hmm. He fucking, boom, wrecks his cart, hits the water, flies out, goes like this. His hand hits the water, he goes like that, and that's the bailet. It's in the water, where he lands. Hmm. Well, anyways, he has it in his hands, he goes like this, and then he sees a stick. And he goes like, and he goes to kill himself. And as soon as he stabs his he- neck on the stick, Gus is showing up. He's running. He's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. And as soon as he touches him, boom, the eclipse happens. And fucking all this dead start rising. And then the fucking God hand arrives. And the whole band of the hawks in there. 
And he says yes, and the can, and there's like a hand, and it has all the like void, blah blah, blah all except for the Falcon guy, because that's Griffith. Because that's Griffith. Anyways, it closes around him, and Gr- Guts is up there trying to stab through this fucking all these faces, because that's all it is. And on the ground, all these fucking demons are just eating the fucking Band of the Hawk. Just terribly, they're like, what the fuck? Because they don't understand. They've never seen Zod. Right. And there's just these monsters just fucking like someone will. But like, Zod doesn't explain that. Cause no, because. When him and Guts fight in Griffith, he ends up backing off once he sees he sees the bit that he has the crimson Baileth and yep. he realizes who he is. He's like, "Oh, she <laughs> later, sorry." Yeah, and he gives Guts a you know the warning because he sees him as a great warrior. So he's like, "Hey, by the way, get the fuck away from him. You're gonna die." And you know, but that's all he could say without really fucking anything up. Anyway, so. The band of the hawk gets fucking massacred, and you see them like just walking around, just mind blank, like what's going on? This isn't happening. Like they are just disbelief, freaking out. Just minds are broken. One of them actually like takes some of their heads and goes like, <laughs> like hey, look at here. He's like, oh my god, eaten. And they're just getting eaten, massacred, and it's just fucking nuts. And then guts. Falls into this, and he sees everybody getting eaten, and he just goes fucking berserk. Tries to kill everybody, everything, and he's fucking doing great, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, you see the most berserk thing you ever see in that part of him. And then he's, like, running through it, and eventually, holy shit, he gets his arm bit off. Like, something bites his arm, he takes a fucking sword, boom, cuts his arm off. That's how he loses his arm. Oh, okay. And then Griffith comes back through. Well, anyways, they, the demons find Casca. And they rape her a lot. And then Griffith pops out, comes down, and because of, like, his animosity towards Griffith, or Guts in him, he Guts is held down because his eye poked out, and that's when he rapes Casca in front of him. Okay. So Griffith becomes, like, the most horrible person you ever see in your life. Yeah. Because Casca's mind is just gone at this point because she's just continuously getting raped by all those monsters, and they're about to eat her anyway, so they're just, hey, you know. And then you meet the Skull Knight, who saves him. And the Skull Knight tries to fight fucking... He comes in... He's outside. I think he's fighting Zod first. And he's fucking cool as fuck looking. I don't know if you've ever seen the Skull Knight. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he's, I've read about him, but I didn't see him. Uh, he's fucking sick looking. Let's see if I can find that picture of him. But yeah, he's fighting Zod outside. He comes in, tries to fight or hit fucking blah, 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 Void. But he has a way of... Can I pull up that fucking picture? Uh, that's him. Oh, he's cool. Yeah, he's... So why is he so strong? Uh, you don't really ever find out, but the premise is that he wore the Berserker armor before, for Guts. Oh, okay. Which, basically, after this, he comes in, and since they're already sacrificed, like, Casca and Guts both have that brand, so they're, they're already up for sacrifice. They're sold. Anyways, he saves both of them and gets them out of there, takes them somewhere, and then he hides Casca, and that's where Guts is just full of fucking rage, gets his arm, because he had a buddy that was a blacksmith, that's the one where he gets drug. He gets a cannon in his arm, gets a mechanical arm, blah, blah, all that shit. In that, that's how the Black Sword from Mark starts. But yeah, that's what Griffith did. And that's when he becomes the most horrible person alive. Because he does all that shit. And that's how Guts gets raked like he is. Anyways, and then after the Golden Age arc, you hit a arc where it's a little girl. And she's like a fairy, blah, blah. And she's taking kids to fairyland. Anyway, she's an apostle. And she can make people into pseudo-apostles. But anyway, she kidnaps kids and makes them into bees. Which they're fairies and they're playful. Well, no, elves, she calls them. And they're playful. And they play games of war where they kill each other. and All this other shit. Anyways, he, 
she kidnaps kids, puts them in like a, uh, a cocoon, and then they become these bugs. Anyways, later on, Guts gets there, does this, is trying to save this one girl, because they kill adults, and the adults they don't kill, they make into bugs that are guard bugs for her little, like, valley of the fairies. Anyways, he goes there, well, he starts kill breaking the cocoons, and you don't know if the kids are alive or not. Like, he could save them, but he just starts smacking them with his sword to get her to come to him so he could fight her. Because she's, like, kind of kicking his ass, but he kind of does, like, with that girl, where he holds her hand, you know. Right. But, yeah, that's another one of those morally gray areas where, you like, you just don't know if he's killing real kids, which is kind of cool about Berserk that you find out is, like, it doesn't do a lot of the telling you. You just kind of got to interpret it. Like, is he really killing kids right now, or are they yeah, already gotta dead? You got to interpret it and then figure it out. Yeah, or are they already dead? You don't really know. And then after that, uh, he eventually goes back to find Casca, and that's... Wait, no, what the fuck happened? Oh, yeah, Casca wanders out somehow. She gets away from the place where she's supposed to be at, and she gets caught by the the Holy See, where's this huge fucking... This guy who prostrates himself every day, slams his fucking head on the ground. He's a... Uh, he's an inquisitor. So he tortures people that he believes are, you know, whatchamacallit's... Uh, heretics yeah it gets really religious and he fights basically the church hmm. and then like if your mind's too close off from the church like they can't see Puck like Farnese and Sepperco and all them they're like well Sepperco can see him because he's you know whatever but Farnese can't because she's just so indoctrinated but you go in this fucking tower the tower convention arc convection because they're getting invaded so they have a bunch of refugees outside and he takes people in like, this girl comes up, please feed my baby, please feed it. It's like, okay, takes the baby, saves baby, then takes her to a torture chamber. Yes, <clears throat> you have to repent for what God has given you. <laughs> and these people are fucking being, like, torture, tortured. It's crazy. Yeah, it's horrible. And then that place is where Griffith comes back into the world. So... Does anyone know how much of the story is left? Like, the, he's at 39 comics like as he's like there's gonna be 50 or no one knows so you don't even know how close to the end you are well they got Casca's mind back finally and they had to go into like the dream world to go to her mind and piece it back together but she's still not the same right I don't know that's kind of what she's seen guts for two seconds and freaked out and that was the end of it that's the last thing I ever read well the the funny thing is is later on like Farnese like I said she's a noble she goes back like she hangs out with guts for a while like she like wants like uh, when she captures Guts, they actually do, and has him in, like, a fucking thing, and he's like, you're going to love it when nighttime happens, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, a fucking horse becomes a demon. <laughs> Anyways, he ends up kidnapping her to get away, and she almost gets hurt, raped by a horse, but it doesn't happen. Anyways, she wants to start finding out more about the spirit world because she's starting to, like, that veil's starting to get thin, so she's starting to see, like, Puck and demons and shit because he's around because Guts attracts him. So right. being around Guts. Well, her kinda, too, because they both have the brands. Casca, not Farnese. Casca's kind of, she's back in a cave at this point. After, yeah, Casca has the brand because yeah. she was there. So she's back at the elf cave because he leaves her there so he doesn't have to watch her. But then after Griffith pump comes up and destroys this mine, now he has to hold on to Casca and take her around. That's where he ends up getting friends because they help him take care of her. Right. So then he starts to, um, you know, whatever. Anyways, he gets this malice of a dog. It comes, like, metaphors as a dog. So it's really cool. I mean, fuck, there's so much in this story, and I wish you would have read more because it sucks I have to explain, like, what happens afterwards. (laughs) 
But yeah, you get to one thing I do love is later on they actually fight p- pirates that are taken over by a huge fucking water god monster. Oh yeah, I read about the water god. Yeah, well, anyways, there's these pirates that keep on like, oh, they fucking got me again. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, there's a couple nobles that they kind of pick up along the way because they fought. Remember that general guy I, found, I told you about earlier? He and they end up finding him in a random boat. Like a like a rowboat, he's at a dock, just sitting there sleeping. They find him because they're fighting these pirates. Because they actually the pirates start out human, and then they get attacked by this water god, which is like a bunch of vines that come up and they take it over. And then they're all attached to it. <laughs> and then there's also uh, the Great Convergence, where Ganiska is the the other country that's invading Midland, like the Middle Eastern country. He uh, fights Griffith because Griffith basically comes back is a golden fucking god and starts. Winning the war against these guys with them, Midland. He marries the princess, and they all recognize him as Griffith. Yeah, but he, and he kind of recognizes them because you, Griffith and Guts see each other, and but he has like so much power, like he has telekinesis, he can do basically whatever he wants. And Guts says something to him, he's like, "I don't even acknowledge your existence." Yeah, it's because he's a god, basically now. Right. But Guts is kind of like there. The reason he. when there's a full moon out, he becomes a, a baby because Guts and Casca actually had a baby. Oh, yeah. I read and something that about baby that became Griffith's body. So Griffith is kind of a kid. But he only Ooh, comes that's out. confusing. <laughs> yeah, well, he took over the kid and then he it personifies him into Griffith's body. Well, anyways, the kid sometimes comes out and he's the moon boy. And he'll pop up and... Like, Costco will, like, protect the kid and shit because he'll pop up to where they're at. But it's weird because every once in a while you'll see Zod around hanging out when the kid's there because he kind of, like, reverts into that form on a full moon or something. And, like, it, it's never confirmed about this, but it's more likely what's going on because <laughs> that baby is, like, I don't know, it's how he became in the world. Anyways, but, no, Griffith goes on. He... Unites all the apostles because Zod has to come and pledges allegiance to him, or comes and pledges allegiance to him, and then he gets other huge like the fire dragon. There's a couple other that are just badass apostles like on Zod's level, and then you got apostles on the other side that are fighting because Ganiska's like a huge powerful fucking like he has a mist form that it takes guts and Zod to break. Like guts gets on Zod's back like ah. And they team so up. So that's that's kind of Griffith's, Griffith's endgame, though, is to create a perfect world, right? Do I understand that? That's right? what he's doing. You don't really know anymore what his real goal is. He wants to be the king of the world, basically. Right, and See, it was it was always his goal. Like he talks about it. Yeah, but when he became on, uh, where he wants to be king of a country. Yeah, well, when he became the new, when he came back, you don't really know what he's. Right. And like he like when the when the battles are done, he like lets people talk to the spirits. Of the dead before they go, so you could say your goodbyes to your loved ones. Like that's how he's perceived, and he's making a great kingdom and all that. And that's where the whole Griffith did nothing wrong come from. It's because he made a utopia, and he's winning wars, and he's and when they beat that other army, they bring him into their army. There's no racism. It's kind of all inclusive. Yeah, they like they bring him in the ones that are captured. He's like, you swear allegiance to us, you could fight for us. And he's like, what? And then, like, you'll see, like, the Midland Army and other fucking people, they're all fucking fighting together. That's how, that's kind of how Genghis Khan was. Like, he, he would, you know, if you're it's with simulated. us, you can be part of us. But if you're against us, we're going to destroy you. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, despite the fact that Genghis Khan killed so many people and conquered so much, well, at that time he was reverted as not entirely awful. Yeah. And so. that's kind of what he's doing. And that's where, like like I said, the, he did nothing wrong. Like, he sacrificed the band of the Hawks. So, yeah, he did wrong to them. But to everybody else, he's making the world. But there's also a time where when the Skull Knight, him, and Ganeska are fighting. Because Ganeska becomes a fucking tree of the universe. And they're all fighting. And the Skull Knight has a sword made from balance. I don't know how. But it can cut dimensions. And he goes to fight fucking Griffith and goes to swing at him and then it, like, makes the convergence and dragons and fucking giants come in. And then he's going to war against the giants. <laughs> like, there's a whole book of fucking just Griffith fighting, like, giants. And, like, Zod's fighting a Hydra. Crazy. So, what would you give story? A fucking ten. Ten. <laughs> I would also agree. I would also give it a ten out of ten for what I read. It yeah. was really good. You it was a phenomenal story. And I, I loved Guts's story. I liked watching him progress. I like his less than humble beginnings. And well, later on, he gets this thing called Berserk Armor. And that's where you think, because uh, Void, like, there's a lot of, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, speculations on his, because he attacks Void, which is one of the God Hand, the one with the big brain. Okay. He actually targets him. And then you have Salam. Salam. That's like, almost has sex with Guts at one point. But he pops up there, too, and calls her a whore princess. The Skull Knight. Anyways, so the Skull Knight has a history with the God Hand. And fucking... He calls Zod his mortal enemy. Eternal enemy or some shit. Who calls Zod that? The Skull Knight. So oh. the Skull Knight and the, these guys have been going back and forth. But then anyways, there's a story you hear in there about a king that... Whatever... And he had a skull on it, so you think it might be that king. Anyways, this berserk armor that he finds at this witch's place... You see it, and it has a skull face on it. Anyways, you put it on, and what it does is it keeps you fighting. So, like, you break your leg, it'll put spikes to hold your fucking bone together. Hmm. Yeah, and it fucking... So how does Guts get the berserk armor? He gets it given to him by the witch. So there's more than one set of berserk armor? No, it's the same one. The Skull Knight used to wear it, but he's like, be careful how much you use it. It'll change you. (laughs) Yeah. It changes you, because... it. What it, the idea here is that the Skull Knight used it too much and became this, became it, basically. And then, because he was best friends with that witch, the Skull Knight. You see him, like, drinking tea with her. And anyways, she's the one that gives him all, like, weapons. Anyways, uh, the Red Dragon, Gunbow, anyways, that guy shows up. He's, like, a giant, comes in huge armor, has a fucking badass shield with a cannon in it and a fucking huge hammer. <laughs> they actually have a f- side book with him. <laughs> Anyways, he fights Gu- Gus, and when he goes to his apostle form, he becomes a fucking dragon with, like, pink crystals on him. Huh? Yeah, and then Gus gets a berserker and starts fucking him up. <laughs> and well, one more note on the story. That's that's what I kind of... That's my favorite thing to be included in a story. I love epic rivalries. Like, obviously, you always have an antagonist and a protagonist, but when it's a real rivalry, right. we're like... Kira versus L or Goku and Vegeta or something like yeah. that. Like, Griffith and Guts meets that level of ri- rivalry that I enjoy. Well, you also have the Zod, and you have, like, Gunbell now, like, Dragon. They all revere Guts. Like, they respect him. Like, Gu- Griffith, not as much. Griffith's just like, you're a piece of shit. But Zod's like, yeah! I'm like, and they actually team up at some point to beat that Ganeska guy. And that's what I do, like, where... Zod is, just wants a fight. Where, like, all those other apostles are like, I'll eat everybody! Like, you see Zod... There's this one really cool scene when they're running away from the kingdom when they get uh, Griffith. Is there is actually another apostle in the kingdom 
that he employs are called the black dogs. And he's a straight up fucking possibly where he looks like a baboon, like the black dogs, black baboons. And he's a bunch of fucking basically demons. And they go chase him. They're fighting him, fighting him. They're kind of losing. Zod shows up, takes him and fucking wrecks his ass because he's about to attack Griffith. And with what Griffith is about to become, he needs to make sure he gets to where he needs to go. And if this apostle gets him away, he's fucking it up. So he shows up and grabs this, like, baboon-looking apostle and, like, fucking just rips him apart. <laughs> Zod's the shit. <laughs> All right, so. Who's your favorite character? My favorite, Guts. Guts. I mean, it's pretty generic. But, like I said, I really love Guts' story. Okay. Like, um, especially his childhood and, like I said, less than humble beginnings, how he grows up in a mercenary, and it's really good. And I, I enjoy Puck as well. Like I said, I usually hate that character and these types of stories, but I enjoyed him. Best Puck scene later on, like, there's two nobles that go with them to go find the Elf Kingdom. One of them is, like, Farnese's soon-to-be husband, supposed to be husband, and the other one's a ship captain. Or, you know, they're just whatever. But they're like, okay, we'll go. And, like, the one is, like, talking to Puck, and Puck's, he's like, yeah, we could get you to become the king. He's like, oh, I could be the king. I could be the king. And, like, you know, he's, like, trying to get Puck to be on his side. Anyways, they go into the kingdom, and Puck's sitting on the throne, like, a crown and all that <laughs> shit. And he's sitting on the chair, and he's like, you were the king the whole time? He's like, yes, my servants, and la, la, la. And then the actual king comes out and smacks Puck. <laughs> but they're all it's just because and he doesn't even get mad he's like you're not even mad at Puck and Puck's like Meh. he's like no I kicked him out of the kingdom a long time ago he's fine <laughs> and it's just because they're all mischievous but they all another thing they keep doing to Guts is like about Casca and is like are you sure she wants to be back are you sure what you want and what she wants is the same like to, for him to get her like her memories and her mind back are you sure she wants that and like don't be uh, sad, confused, or disheartened if, you know, it's not what you think. Right. So there's always that warning, like the Skull Knight gives it to him and the Elf King gives it to him, <laughs> that maybe it might not be that good of an idea. And then, like, when you go through her mind to get her mind back, because Farnese ends up wanting to be a, she, because uh, the witch is a apprentice witch of the other, there's, like, two witches, One's an apprentice, and then, like, the older witch. She ends up dying, and the other witch is traveling with Guts. Well, anyways, she helps Guts keep his mind sane when he's in the Conservative Carver. Because, like, he starts to fall, go into his malice, which is where you get the black dog that you see sometimes in the pictures. Anyways, that's his malice. Anyways, when he starts to fall into that, but then when he gets back control of it, yeah. Well, the Berserk armor actually, like, turns his hair gray and fucks him up. Like, he starts to get gray and all that shit. Like, it's, like, taking his life away. Crazy. But yeah, then you got like all that going on, and then Farnese is actually learning to be a witch because she's like a crazy kid and all that shit. Anyways, she's learning to be a witch. So her and Farnese, the witch and Farnese, uh, I just can't remember that witch's name. They go into Casca's mind to get her back, and you see like how she looks at like guts. Guts is a black dog with three legs that's dragging a coffin, <laughs> and there's like these bats that come out to stab the fucking dog, and there's like these monsters that look like dicks. Because you know, I love the Japanese. Well, I mean, she got raped, so that's right. like the you know, like the idea of it. So, what would you give Berserk overall? One hundred twenty. Ten out of ten. Um, for me, 
for uh, what I read and what I went through, I would end up giving it a 9 out of 10. It was really, really good. Um, all the scores are pretty high. I really loved the characters, loved the story. The delivery was awesome, just a little bit confusing, and I think they did a great job world building. It's kind of like Game of Thrones, though, where there's a lot of... I know, yeah. Um, where there is just some kind of cringeworthy things that make it so... I don't really want to continue the story. Kind of like Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones, but I'll probably never watch it again. I'll read through the books again. But um, I really overall enjoyed it a lot. So. You know, another thing I was reading is, like, you know the the cycle of a hero, the journey? Okay. Is uh, This guy was putting that to the guts of the story, and he never does the end part or return to familiarity part. Is that how it goes? You get knocked out of your home or whatever. Well, it's not. Call to action. It's not finished. Well, it, basically every time it kind of gets to that point, it goes from like fantasy or real world to fantasy to this world to this world. And it just it's just guts is just ahead of everybody. And that's kind of like why it's – I don't know. It's just this thing I was reading about it. I watch a lot of like reviews about guts and all that. Yeah. I mean it's a great fun story. I love guts. He's such a relatable character to me. Yeah, it's good and – I, I like Guts. He's a great main character. Yeah. Um, so, um, characters, I gave it a 10 out of 10. You gave it 9 out of 10. Story 10 for both. Um, delivery was 9s across the board. World building, I gave it a 9 out of 10. You gave it 8 out of 10. And overall, I gave it a 9 out of 10. You gave it a 10 out of 10, which gives Berserk the manga. Did I say that right? Manga. 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 A 93 out of 100 official nicotine and nihilism score. Spin the blood. All right, guys. Well, that is going to be it for and the us longest for episode. And the longest episode. We are at two hours and 20 minutes. Um, uh, but it was worth it. It was a great review. It was um, something we worked hard towards um, getting ready for. Um, so give us ideas for another review. Next is Broly, right? Well, I mean, we're not going to probably do two hours on Broly. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird to do it longer than the actual show is. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Um, that's going to be it for us. Again, the official Nicotine and Nihilism Berserk score is 93 out of 100. Um, we will be back next week. Our episode next week is going to be a little delayed. i got to take a trip, so we will probably record and release on Sunday. I don't care. I don't have all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we may enjoyed making it. Again, like us on Facebook, subscribe, listen, follow, podcast, Facebook, etc. We really appreciate you guys. We love you. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I love you.